This episode is brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. If you would like to buy some premium eyewear, sunglasses, blue light frames, prescription, head online now, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Caps has been Australia's home of headwear since 2012. From snapback to fitted, curved peak to flat peak, our hats will fit anyone and everyone. Since then, we've grown and evolved into the leaders of US sports apparel in Australia. Head online at caps.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Back in the studio with a great man, Jakey Boy. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Been a few weeks, but we're back. We're back. It has been a few weeks, and we love this um, Aces in Business podcast. Today, we are joined by the king of the podcast industry. Mate. And now the founder and director of his own company, Producey. <laughs> Producey is an independent content and amplification agency based there we in go. Melbourne. Specialising in creating dynamic and disruptive media and brand experiences. Mm. Plus, they also have established their own podcast network, which is the home to two of the top sport podcasts in Australia, Dylan Friends and Liz Cloggers. Dill, welcome to the Elton American Asia Sports Club. It's good to be here. It's great to be here, boys. I must say I'm a big fan of the show, as you know. (laughs) How many episodes now? 13. 13 and I'll be 14th? Yes. No, this is the 13th. This is the 13th. Lucky I'm 13. Oh, I was thinking about your footy number, but we don't have that much time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just funny you say that because it's taken 12 episodes for you to lose the suit, which is uh, no. for all the people yeah. out there. That's, that's actually one thing I'm most pissed off about. I didn't know <laughs> if I was going to be on Tommy Talks, Business in Aces, obviously both fans of both shows. But one thing I was looking forward to is seeing the beautiful suits oh, rock up today. Mate, he called me half an hour ago and said, fuck the suits off, it's too fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you this, but I, oh, yeah. I had a plan to rock up in a tuxedo. Oh, oh, to oh, up. It would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was well. going to do it. What do you think I was going to in a big black tuxedo? Oh, mate. Like, we all felt so bad. each other here. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I was going to wear? The white suit. I had the white suit and I go, I just can't get it on. It's too cold. <laughs> but I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Oh, um, mate, it's good to have you. What's, uh, what's been happening? What's been happening? Far out. Um... I actually have no idea. We had a, quite a big weekend. I saw you Friday. Yeah. I saw you Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. We had, I had my, my wife's 30th birthday dinner, and then we had Jezza Cameron's 200th celebrations, and then we went to a Giants pass players function. How's this for a pass players function, okay? Normally you think pass players, you think premiership <laughs> heroes, you're thinking some incredible players. We had the Giants pass players function. Myself, Tommy Sheridan, John O'Rourke, Tim Golds, Tom Bug, Stephen Gillum, and Liam Sumner. Liam Sumner. There's about 16 games between us. <laughs> No, it was it was awesome. Stephen Gillam aside, who had a who had a great career. Um I think it was one yeah, couple, yeah. one flag between us. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> it was awesome. unbelievable. But you know, most it's a young club, beautiful club, doing great things, Dylan Addison up there getting us involved. But like, you know, most players are still playing or playing with other clubs, so it was sort of hard. Yeah, well, fucking hell, it was funny. It was good it was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled Absolutely. in rolled in a bit late and I'm like, fuck, surely not, like surely the boys have rocked up. Yeah. There's only one there for a bit, but then all the boys come in. It's a good day and um mm. it's Sunday game. I mean how, how do you reckon everyone's feeling on a Sunday? Yeah, well, I've, I've, I know one of them. I was with him the night before in Tommy Buck, so I won't uh, throw him to the streets. Well, but, he's, uh, the pres- he's the president, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the, the president pres- was a bit dusty, yeah. I think. Oh, I can imagine. But oh, what, can you tell me what happens at those functions? Like, what is it? Oh, just a meet so, and greet while the footy's on? And- that, to be honest, like, yeah, unbelievable. The Giants are an amazing footy club, and it's, um, yeah, they they organised a suite for all the pl- players mm. and staff. They brought everyone that was a, a, available. A lot of people couldn't make it. Um, cause it was a Sunday and I had a few commitments already, but yeah, they just 
pretty much invite us to the box, yeah. invite us down the room. That was awesome going down the rooms. Like, yeah. I know we've done that many a times as players, but like going back when you're not involved, you go, this is actually really special. Like, yeah. I was sick. Got back in, saw all the boys. It was awesome. Says a bit about the club. Yeah, no, I don't do that in many other sports, you know, like that. I don't think. No, I don't like, think unless you're a superstar you, or something. You feel a bit uncomfortable, I reckon, anyway. Yeah. I, I personally would. I'd feel like oh, it's a little bit more businessy. Giants is an amazing club. Yeah. And you see all the boys' families. Yeah, and, and we feel like, I don't know about you, but I, like you do feel a bit embarrassed. Like, I played two games there. Like, what am I doing going to this thing? But you don't feel like that at all because they just, they love you. They just yeah. love being with being a part of the club um, and enjoy it. They love whoever loves you. So it was really good. Really, really good. Absolutely. Now, there's a, there's a big part of me on this show today that's going to rip into you too about the Giants time, which is one of the only things I've been excited about other than meeting the great man himself. But just to go back to your, obviously, your start of your journey, everyone sort of knew you as a footy player. Yep. What what was sort of your previous, I guess, time before the AFL growing up? What was that like? Because you obviously had a famous footy father mm. as well. So I can imagine you had been footy-centric growing up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I um, loved playing footy. Like, it was, it was cool. Like, it was obviously a very big part of our lives. I think when you're sort of like in that, um, in that field and you're obviously like a you know talented junior you're playing rep teams so like you just live it and you breathe it and you do it all like you know we were either playing for club school TAC Cup traveling with Vic Metro and you just create these friendships like Tommy and I met in under 15s um, playing in the under 16s together and played in you know teams ever since then for all, all people around um, all people around Victoria but I suppose without ruining the whole episode today like <laughs> I think I learned so much uh, from footy about business. Yeah. It's just all relationships. Yeah. It honestly is. And I think like what we got to do and what we got to meet and the places we've been, going to two different clubs, meeting club sponsors, all this sorts of thing, it set me up for so much, not success, but um, it's put me in good stead. Like, by no means have we done anything special, but it's just been such a good platform to to build off. Like you can go to Harvard and do like these business courses. I'm sure they're incredible. But also being a list clogger in AFL list is pretty good because you've got to navigate your way and have some pretty difficult conversations at times. And, um, yeah, it's really good. Absolutely. Um, funny, big plug to Fergus Watts, a previous episode, because one thing he said, I asked him, what's your biggest biggest success? And it was like, obviously, he had the biggest independent marketing company in, in Australia. He's the CEO of the Reach Foundation. He's like, his biggest success was uh, failing at footy. Mm. And I just thought, fuck, that, that, was, that was gold. Because we can probably all relate, failed athletes in, in some regards. Mm. And probably does give you a bit of a shift on, on what you need to do and give you some rigor about yourself. Yeah. Well, he does. He speaks about it and it's a public failure for him. Yeah. Mm. He said that and um, we can all relate to that if you haven't kicked on and done the things you wanted to. But I mean, there's no bigger stage. Now that we're on the outside, <laughs> like I'm being consuming mainstream mm. media and TV just just because it's on, it's just everywhere in Melbourne. I don't know how you, or you've lived, you've grown up in it. I'm, I'm new to Melbourne, I feel like. And it's just everywhere. Footy is everywhere. So there's nowhere to hide if you're, if you don't get a kick around it's relentless, mate. Yeah, everyone knows where you have your coffee. Um, can you actually tell me about your first engagement with the scrawny Tommy Sheridan for all the listeners out there that wouldn't know what he was oh, like? Because wow. we know he yaps on now, but what was he like? Obviously, 15, pretty, 16. Pretty similar. Just had big, <laughs> big, hadn't grown into his teeth yet. He hadn't grown into them, yeah. so that was still, that was still big. Yeah. yeah, that's off the dome. And... Um, <laughs> No, he's a funny boy. He's a very funny boy. One thing, you know, Tommy gets a lot of nicknames. One I love to call him is Tomato Sauce Mouth. <laughs> and, and this is how I sort of refer to him as a kid. He was just that kid 
who always had tomato sauce on his mouth. You know, like if you're eating a sausage, <laughs> oh, he's eating a sausage roll and he'd just get it and he'd just be like in the corner. You go tell him, he just, he goes, yeah, yeah, that's all good. And he'd just, just have tomato sauce all over him. So oh, that would be the kid that I would remember. Right. He's a 15, 16 year old, tell him to share it and just smacking that down 420 pies. Oh, and just demolishing the tomato sauce. Mate, one day he's going to be sauce, Tommy, One day he's going to be at your wedding just staring at you <laughs> thinking about that. It's, respect. it's gone from having too much, too much tomato sauce on the plate to on the lips. One thing that I do remember with Dill was, you know, when we were young. Can um, I say one more thing about Tommy Sheridan? Last, this is actually not positive, but it's just one thing I distinctly on, remember. It's a positive in a way, but when we first played footy, I still remember this day. You have those distinct memories. And there's a few. We could go on for hours. But one is he used to have these boots that I loved. You know them straight away, yeah, I the think. Tempos. Yeah, the Tempos. these Nike Tempos are black and they had the fluoro tick and the fluoro bottom. Oh, yeah. And they were just a beautiful boot. Yeah. And I always admired that he pulled them off very well. Yeah. So I will say that. Yeah, they were a great pair of boots. Yeah, that's a nice plug. Yeah, that's I couldn't safe get it. Just softener before he goes into a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, here comes the drive-by. Where's <laughs> the drive-by? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, that is. What about funny. you? Your early memories of Dill? Well, I remember. Reverse. I remember this father-son prodigy, and uh, I'm not sure if he was wearing a helmet back then. And he was taking. It was one of the greatest juniors performances I'd ever seen at one of our Vic Metro trial games. I remember. Vic Park. Yeah, Vic yeah, Park and Collingwood there. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. No, they, you don't forget those things. Funny. Put this, Even as you get older. I don't think he's had a kick since, mate. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. No, I reckon he has. Genuinely I'm took not me off lying. A time. I said, sit down and let someone else this have a kick. You're joking. I'm not lying. Let someone else have a kick, mate. What was this under 16s? So. Yeah, yeah right. like it's quarter time, and he would have had fifteen and and, and taken a big hangout. And it was on like the it was on the wing, so it was right where all the, the families oh. were. And there's a bit of a you know here you go, Jimmy Buckley. So I don't even know who Jimmy was. It's obviously a bit older. <laughs> My old man used to you know they all knew that their era. And then after the game, all the parents come in the room, and um, yeah, Jimmy gave him a kiss on the lips and said, "Well done, mate." <laughs> Jeez, they're a bit close, that family. Oh, but, um, goodness gracious. That's a bit of a fond memory for me. Um, our skipper kissing his old man on the oh, lips still back then. So, yeah. Um, but that is a joke that Dill stitched up me. I put him on that when we were doing a podcast and he's flipped it on his on his platform. Yeah. That's a great line. It's a bit of an annoying one when you're out in the piss and you go, mate, you still kiss your dad on the lips. So, <laughs> no, fucking, I don't. Yeah. I, I come up with the joke and now, now I'm popping it. Yeah, that's it beautiful. Is. It is. Um, wanna, on that as well, can we just go off tangents today? Please. Is that okay? Yeah, you know point oh, number one. No <laughs> okay, good. Didn't think so because when I first saw the run sheet and the yeah. first note was talk shit, have fun or something like talk that. Talk shit, take the piss. Talk yeah. shit, take the piss. <laughs> yeah. So that's noted. There's this one thing that I live, uh, a story I live by and I, I try and use this in a lot of situations in my life. Like as we talk about failures, they happen a lot and you can, you can go both ways. You can like get personal and deny it or you can go, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to own this and run with it. And I've always thought, uh, of the the movie uh, Eight Mile, seen Eight Mile. Mm-hmm. So you know, like at the end of Eight Mile, when like, Eminem comes up, all this bad shits happen. He, you know, he chokes on stage. His missus cheated on him. Um, like all these things bad have like happened in his life, and then he gets up and he says everything, and then it just totally disarms every other person, and they don't have anything to say. So like that's something where I'm like, oh, it's such a good message for people. It's like just own your insecurities, own your vulnerabilities. And you disarm everyone else. It's like Absolutely. people say, you're so shit at footy. I know, bro. Yeah. I say it all the time. Yeah. So they just don't have anything You've literally on you. built a platform yeah, based you off you supposedly not being great at football, list cloggers. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the definition. So, so like you just take, too. you just can just flip it. Yeah. A little bit. And I say that happens all the time. I definitely get upset about things, but, and you've got to be ready to do that. But I think that was like the, 
with the kiss on the lips thing. Like, you know, I absolutely hated that. And then I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I can either fire this and it sticks even worse right. or you can just go with it and it'll be funny. That's golden. Yeah. I actually, one thing I do admire about you and um, Dan Gorringe is, is that uh, explicitly, and you too a little bit, because I reckon you give yourself more stick than anyone, is like your calf snaps in, in oh, uh, the negative talk, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, GWS. But it's all embracing the fact of like, you're just owning the shit of what happened. You've because Yeah, if you don't. Oh, there's it, a lot of shit in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the end of your career. There was not many highlights yeah. personally. Like there's a lot of highlights for the team, but individually it was a fucking mm. downward slope. <laughs> yeah, what, what was it like for you two at the Giants? Because obviously at the time, it would have been quite hard because you guys weren't playing a lot of footy. I don't think your bodies were holding up and you probably both yeah. had a bit of a thought of like what's next in a sense. What was it like in, between the four walls? Because I can't really imagine you two blokes not being your jovial larrikin selves in the change rooms, but it wouldn't have been easy. Oh, we probably led on each other. There's a lot yeah. of blokes. It's, it was probably the best club to be having a mare. Like, really? Oh, I couldn't have done many more. I couldn't have had more injuries if we tried. But the club, it's a special club. So we probably, our field development, like mm. I was smashing Rick's work. He was doing a heap of podcasts. At some points there, we were, we were that up and about to, to leave training because we were getting flogged yeah. and go to this cafe um, in Double Bay and just perch up. A <laughs> sideballs. Really? Couple, it's actually funny. It's one of my really really good memories. I think um, two parts to that, like when we were there, I think we fed off each other a lot, really motivated each other. And there's a lot I need to, you know, thank Tommy for and pushing me and motivating me, knows to get how to get under my skin um, in, in a work sense. And I think we both did that together and both grew in that space. But also the fact that like when you, one thing I think that we need to give ourselves credit for is like we always rocked up no matter what. And even when shit was going wrong, we're like, fuck, let's just get it done, get the best out of it. And then focus on something else because like mm -hmm. you know when you when you're injured you could, you're out for six weeks and it can be all consuming we were like all right fuck it let's go um after this smash rick smash the podcast see what else we can do network we'd, we'd book in one meeting and think we're like genuinely ballers you know <laughs> like be like oh my god a meeting i got a phone call with someone the person be like hello and then you're like yeah awesome just got a call like nothing would even come from it yeah but i think looking back to now like those times of sort of uh like just held in such good stead of like what it's like and how much we've grown, I suppose, from those, from those times. So, um, yeah, as hard as those times were, they were, those two years I had in Sydney were the best years of my life. Like hands it's funny, down. a lot of people keep saying that that oh, I've man. heard around the yeah. Giants. They've, no one's really given a really bad report about think, like well, you're, I, even I, ones yeah. that haven't played. Yeah, like, you oh, know what man, I mean at a, all. I can't keep speaking more highly of the footy club, but and and Sydney as well. It's yeah. a great. My last year, my last year was different. Your because yeah. we had COVID, but the your last year, which is my first year in Sydney, yeah. that was special. Like really? it was. Well, we made we made the grand final as well. So if you are a selfless team player, which we both are, and we we care about the players that are playing, like it was a great buzz around the joint. Yeah. It was again, you're the top two teams in the whole league. You, you you've almost won the flag. It was pretty cool to be a part mm. of that. And what comes with that is you know. A lot of wins and a lot of up and boys up and about. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it was. And as much funny. as the Giants are, are incredible, like they, and we've given them a lot of credit today, I think some credit's got to be to like the players, like, and this, and like someone like Dylan Addison, for example, and like the players when you get there, you got to think like it's, it's, it really is an incredible community because everyone, like, there's probably one or two players, I think two, that were actually from there. The rest were all from all over Australia, like Western Australia, Adelaide, Victoria. Um, I think I think that was mainly where the boys are from. So you come together and you don't have anyone else. So you've got to get along with with players. When I was at you know playing at Carlton, I've got hundred of my other mates. Like I'd go hang out with them after footy as well. Yeah. Versus when you when you're there, you hang out with each other and That's you push point. each other and and stuff. But um, 
No, it was super cool. I've got a funny story for you though, actually. Please. Just thought of it. The night, so I had a year at the Giants before, didn't really know anyone, came up, fantastic, oh. awesome year. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they're like, oh, because the Giants had some very expensive players so yes. at the club. So they had Big a lot. Names. So when the, it was time of the year to bring some more players in, they're like, who's getting delisted? We'll bring them in and see if they can, you know, come and fill up the list. So I was one of them. And then Tommy Sheridan was one of them. And I remember, <laughs> that, you know, they said, "What? how little can we pay these blokes that they'll come and want to hang out for, for a couple of years? And um, I remember we got up there and I can't remember what, you just called me. Oh, I got invited. They're like, yeah, mate, you, can you be in Sydney in two days? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can be. So I called Bill. I'm like, are you around? He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, what's it for? I'm like. I think I'm, I'm a big sniffy. I'm, I'm a chance. I'm having a, like a chat to Leon Cameron. Yeah. It's it's um. He's like, what time? I'm like, oh, pretty sure like early in the morning on um on whatever day. Say it's Thursday. He goes, oh mate, beautiful. I'll take you out for dinner and a few beers on Wednesday. Oh I said, no! I said, oh, oh yeah, no. mate, I couldn't wait to see him. I'm like, yeah, no worries. And then he's telling me at this point, are you already signed to the Giants, right? I'd signed uh, another year, so, so I'm, okay. I'm safe. Okay, <laughs> so it's all safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, oh well, fucking. Yeah. I just you know me when I have one beer, it's like you know, two. Three anyway, you yeah, can tell the story stop, now. you pretty much stop at that, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, that was pretty much it. We went out, had a few beers, and we both aren't. I'm not a big drinker, honestly. I'd have like three or four beers, and I'm I'm done. Mm. And Tommy had the same. I remember waking up the next day going, Jesus, you know, we've got to get out to training. I think I was in rehab and had to go out, and, and Tommy had the meeting, and he was meeting with Leon at like 9 a.m. And I remember rocking up, and Leon just going, What the fuck? like, because we'd rock, walked in together. And he didn't know what was going on. And Tommy ended up having to do the interview. I went and did my meeting and I could just see him in the office just like swaying back and forth. But I, I, I don't think it was the best preparation for a meeting. Yeah. He's cut off the uh, 15 bloody glasses of red wine. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, like, yeah. It's yeah, went I mean, to the... Um, yeah. That's all part of the show. Yeah. I got a bit excited the night before, but... Uh, but then the boys stitched me up because they knew I was a bit of a larrikin. I knew most of the boys. It was, it was our draft year when Giants started. So we knew we knew a few handful of boys. And they go, um, oh, part of their medical is not to do skin folds. But they knew that I've got shit skin folds. <laughs> so they all cram around. They go, oh, let's make sure that we tell them you've got to be under 50 a part of this test. And, mate, I'm like walking in. 50 like, on check, the guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check me knees. Check me ankles. Like. Haven't had a, again, haven't had an injury in my whole life, pretty much. I'm the most durable bloke you could pick up. And so I was with the test. And go, all right, mate, now just take your shirt off and uh, mm. and we'll do your skin folds. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, are you? Like, like, <laughs> I didn't know we're doing this. I wouldn't have went out last night. I was starving myself. And then they get halfway through. They're like, we're just taking the piss, mate. And, and, and it was all a big gag. But, um, good yeah, boys. it worked good, out good well. Good times. It That's worked a good out sign. Well. That, if I was a coach and I saw that, I'd probably sign Oh, Leon too. didn't say it. No, Leon no, didn't say it. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably for good sort. Yeah. Anyway, before we jump into some of the more serious stuff, like yes. what, what sort of – who's who's Dylan Buckley outside the podcast world? Because that's oh. obviously what a lot of people know you for. We know good you love question. your golf. But yeah. what are some of your interests or hobbies and things you do? Probably better even Tommy asked. Yeah, I could uh, answer this. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm pretty, please, if you can define I love his dog. Love my dog. I'm pretty he, he, like, um, quiet he, sort of dude. He now, he now is obsessed with golf. But let me tell you a story. Yeah. The, man, <laughs> the, the man has, has shade this bloke. What are you doing wasting your time on that <laughs> shit? Like, you do something else with your time. Oh, really? <laughs> you put him. <laughs> at the footy club, like, mate, wouldn't even, wouldn't he come out for a couple of games and go, this is a waste of time. Couldn't concentrate. He'd be on his phone. Loves his phone. Yeah. <laughs> screen <laughs> time, screen time through the roof. <laughs> very funny, like, um, very funny in the locker room. I can't say too much, but definitely if you need 
need a laugh, get him in there. No. Got a couple of party tricks. Uh. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, away from the footy, he loves his, obviously his wife. Yeah. Um, you, you enjoy, yeah, as I said, he doesn't drink a lot of piss, but he drinks he drinks piss quick, if that makes sense. That's another thing. Yeah. Like we'll have a beer, he's had three in 15 minutes. You strike me as the kind of guy that wouldn't, wouldn't need it. Like no, I don't. You'd be, I really don't. You, you know I think I mean? I'm better just, just sort of chill. I've, I've learned that now as I mature, just to enjoy it, be present, like slow down a bit. I used to just be stupid, like you know, a lot of yeah. people. But I you work that out. But I think, like, just on on that, I actually have really it's it's an interesting topic and a question that I'd love to answer. And it's interesting to hear what Tommy's points are. But me on the podcast is a very different person to who I am all the mm -hmm. time, and I, I always get worried. When people hear me, like they hear me at the best part of my week, you Correct. know, I'm I'm a hundred percent on, I'm in the mode, I'm ready to go, and like, if you think I'm a good bloke, I'm not always a good bloke, you know, like mm. so I'm fucking just get pissed off, I get pissed off more than most, I get angry, all these sorts of things too. So I just never want people to think that I'm just like, he's like happy go lucky guy. Like I have problems, I have all these types of things. But in saying that, I'm pretty quite like I literally go home, love watching movies, love listening to music, love my wife, love my dog. And I don't do anything else. Like I, you'd struggle to get me out of the house sometimes. But in Sydney, I did love the beach. Yeah, he loves the beach. That's I love the beach. I actually really resonate with that around the podcast as well because that's for me. That's when I'm at my heightened. Like even I've I don't know about you because we'll go into it. But like it's the only time in the week where I'm completely present. When yeah. I get out of it, I'm like, holy fuck! I didn't actually think of anything no. other than the conversation and stuff, which yeah. is um, it's quite special. It is, and I use it as um, mindfulness. Yeah, like. I use this stuff as mindfulness for myself because I'm off my phone. I'm completely present in a conversation. I haven't thought about anything else that's going on right now. And I love talking to people and I love learning from other people. So, like, for me, it's genuinely meditation. It's, like, literally the best thing for me is just, like, talking and learning and listening um, to other people, which is why I love doing it. All right. Mm. Well, I reckon we uh, we chat a bit of AFL here because I think the fans and listeners, uh, I know we've spoken a bit about the Giants and the, the beautiful nature, but I think we've got to go into Dill's career, don't we? Oh, they said AFL. You mean podcasts? No, it's in like the, the Carlton startup. Oh, but, uh, sorry. Mate, yeah, he yeah. was a superstar before he came to the Giants. Let's not forget that. Yeah, we. He, would you play 20? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. Well, I actually get really uncomfortable talking about my AFL Mate, me too. I, I, oh, I said this the other day. Someone goes, someone goes someone, what do they say? I don't know. I, just, I did a Skittles competition for Aces yeah. the other day and some like, TikTok's ruthless, by the way. I don't read oh, the comments. Oh, no, mate. It's, it's so awful. TikTok, but I read the comments and go, oh, Jesus hey, There's no censorship on that. Uh, I just kind of laugh now. But um, one guy goes, I go, guess how many Skittles are in the jar? And they go, about as many clangers as you had in your career. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, I, can, I think no. there's another They're couple funny. of jars at the back. Got to give them. You just yeah, you drive by left, right and center. It's it's pretty funny. Why do you get embarrassed about your career? I don't get embarrassed, but I just also get like... I don't know, and I'll probably regret even saying this, but I just like go, it's done. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, yeah, what I'll else? do the next thing. I, no, give, like, I completely agree. I don't care. Like, I loved it. It was awesome. But like, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Like, I didn't you really- lived it. Lived it. Yeah. It's done. It's like but I understand that it's important. Like, then it's so contradicting because I ask people these questions as well. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I suppose for me, it's just like, I've nearly forgotten about it. Yeah, you have to though. It's hard to transition, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you go from football, non-football- and then you're leaning on football a little bit to get your next thing if you are, mm. and then you move forward and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to play footy. Yeah, like the lessons I got from it and all that is like I would never trade that for anything. And as like you were saying before, Fergus Watts said, like I super resonate with that. Like yeah. the, the best things that ever happened at the failures, and, and and I'm not even looking at it as a failure. I look at, I look at my career as like a massive success. Like I actually am really proud of it. Like, um, you know, 41 games, eight years, 
um, injuries, ups, downs. Like I, I said, I don't want to talk about it now. I'm going into it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm leaning uh, yeah. forward as you yeah, go yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> but like, this is how I sort of like sum up my AFL career. Okay, now because if you ask, me, is I've played at a team that's been in a grand final, a team that's won wooden spoons. I've been in the best 22. I've come top 10 in the BNF. I've also been delisted twice. Broken nearly every bone in my body and had done nearly every injury I've ever had. I've played at the MCG. I've played at Preston City Oval. And I think the way I look at it is like, what a blessing to have experienced the highs and the lows. Mm. Like, it's been so cool. And I think like, I'm so happy that I've been able to experience that. And like, don't get me wrong, like, fuck, how good would 300 games and three premierships be? And I wouldn't be turning that down at all. But I also think sometimes you might learn a lot more from your failures than you do success. And I think that was like such a cool part of my career that I got to experience that really early in my life. I'd done it, you know, been delisted twice, um, left the game, went and worked at another place, got pretty much fired from that place. Mm. And I'd already been, by the time I was like 27, I'd been sacked three times. And I look at it and I'm like, fuck, that was awesome. You know, how cool is that? What a success. And people would go, that's a failure. I'm like, no, it was, it was sick. It was yeah. good. Really did you good. get it? When did you get to that place where you could have that summary of it all? Was it pretty much straight away when you finished or did it take a few years or? Yeah, I think probably now like reflecting on it like a lot. I think with the footy stuff, the reason I get uncomfortable talking about it is because, and I'm not embarrassed about what I got out of it, but I'm embarrassed like because in my head, I know I probably should have played more footy, like, but I didn't do enough work and I didn't. I, you could say injuries and stuff and sure, but that's shit that, you know, you can't control. But out of the things I control, I should have done better. Mm. So that's probably where I don't, I, I do get embarrassed by. But again, I'm so happy with it, but I get embarrassed by. Yeah. But in saying that, now the things like the stones that I left unturned, I don't leave them unturned anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, that kind of, yeah. that resonates. I'm the same you got to have the same view with him with mine. Well, you can touch on your soccer career. And well, it's, how the same, it's the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah, everyone tells me I should have done more, but mm. I didn't. So it's like, well, fuck, I don't, well, I don't, want, to, I don't want to talk about it. If, exactly. if, if, well, I, on that, if I should have, I would have. One thing yeah. for both of you then, what's the one thing that you, you you change if you look back? I wouldn't change anything. And I'm not saying that. I, you mean, not change, I, I'd say the one thing I've learned. What was the stone you didn't unturn maybe then? I don't think that the stone I didn't unturn were things that I didn't know. And I think you don't know what you you don't know That's what you know till you know point. it. So like I couldn't change anything because I I stuffed up, learned from them, and then used them for the next thing. So unless I could have like learned those lessons before my career, and then put it into my career footy, then it would have been better. But I couldn't change anything because I didn't know it. Like Correct. I was so young and naive and just didn't understand. Like I <laughs> thought that. I used to think that everyone, you know, had a vendetta against me and that the coaches hated me and that, you know, poor me, like I'm not getting games and all that sort of shit. And I'm like, fucking man, no one cares. Just go and do your best, you know, like that's yeah. all that matters. So. My um, my view on that, and I'm the same as him because at the time I didn't know, but hypothetically now if I could have come back as a kid, like teenager growing up, I would have trained my brain more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I purely just trained my body yeah. and physical skill sets and that when I got to the professional environment, yeah. my brain would yeah. like self-fucking-explode yeah. or self-sabotage oh, sure. in certain situations because yeah. I was like, well, I'm better than X, Y, Z, but the mind wasn't wasn't there. Yeah, which I is, wasn't mentally there. I wasn't, wasn't – didn't know what to do. But yeah. I wish – I was actually, funnily enough, talking to a um, psychologist today. We did a podcast at the Danny Frawley Centre in St Kilda, incredible initiative that they've done. And um, Ben Robbins is a club site there and I was talking about it. I was like, man, I was too scared to talk to psychologists at the club because I thought they'd tell the coach and then I'd never fucking play, mm. you know? And I was like, oh, how dumb is that? Yeah, like, right. Psychologists are on your side. Like they're here to help you, not 
tell your secrets. Like we're not in grade fucking year seven, you know, like it's not like that. And um, I suppose, yeah, you're correct. I, I, I maybe, you know, wish I did that earlier, but in saying that we I didn't wouldn't. know, like no, our generation, we fuck, no one was doing that no. shit back then. Maybe now I don't know if kids are doing that, but it's something I look back on and think would have helped for mm. sure. Mm. Oh, hundred percent. You play some demons in your own head, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. especially when it's like the same message, you know, like I'm trying and I keep fucking yeah. it up. Like yeah. a ground ball, yeah. simple as a ground oh, ball. Yeah. And you've done a thousand at training, first one game day, straight through the legs. But that's yeah. why the release helped, right? Like by the end of it, I'd started to work it out. And I was like, oh, I need to get something else out of here. And funnily enough, in the last couple of years of my career, I was actually playing the best footy I've ever played. But my body was letting me down at that stage. Right. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm a big like spiritual guy, like really weirdly. Like I'm a big like power of the universe type operator. It's quite cringy, but I love it. And I was always like, you know, I, I don't really like the saying everything happens for a reason. I don't like that saying, but I like the saying like it's not what happens, it's how you react to it. So every time I would get injured, I'd just be like, I'm putting all my energy now into this, like what's next and like be balanced and do different things and whatnot. So um, basically what I'm saying there is if you're like me, because everyone's different, I loved being I love being busy and I love doing different things. Like I love like having podcasts and doing video content and, going on doing sh- everything like I, like I just love lots of things going on but in saying that as well I don't think that's the right thing for everyone like yeah do you think Dustin Martin's working part-time while he's kicking you know five goals and kicking 30 on the G like probably no, not because that's it does he doesn't need to it doesn't work for him but some players it might work for mm. um so I think like I'm, I I was too preachy on that I think early about every player has to do something it's like no you don't mm. like if you want to you can but if you don't you don't have to like because some players love being consumed into what they're doing you know if you want to be the best you fully in it absolutely um yeah yeah there's actually funny just to comment on that before i jump into sort of i guess the back end of it all where some of your greatness has has prevailed but what what's interesting in afl because sometimes i think afl is a bit backwards on things but they're definitely for a lot of um afl benches now have club sykes on the bench for when mm. players are coming off and they go do their sort of walk. Oh, fuck. The club psychs are rolling with them. I've, have you not noticed that? Oh, I wish they had them at the twos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting. Uh, no, that's great. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know no, that. And then Colin would have it every week. A, and a lot of a them actually aren't um, sports psychologists too. A lot of them are actual clinical psychologists. Yeah, so correct. it's not about sports psychology as much. It's more about like just you as a person. Correct. Okay. Um, which is cool. It would help. I yeah. mean, fuck, you'd make an error in front of, say, you're playing for Carlton, 80,000. Yeah, you can get, you, you can get about or two in a row. Well, yeah, 100%. You get the, hey, don't worry about it, and you're like, yeah, back internal, yeah. what we've been working on. That's good to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. You get misses two in the first quarter, and then bang, you know. And you get a couple of blokes over the, what's the funniest thing you reckon you got from over the crowd? I don't remember too much, to be honest. And like, I think, in fairness, I'm not going to make anything up, but like, one thing people always, I think maybe respect me for was like, I just always tried hard. So like, even if you stuff something up, like you'd get some, something there, but like, as long as the effort was there, people saw it, you know, like as long as the effort was there, that's all that matters. So like, I was always happy with effort, but um, not really anything from fans, to be honest. I, I never went on, I'm pretty good at like not reading stuff. Like, so there probably was some stuff there, but I just didn't look at it. And more like coaches, um, yeah, like, oh, there's some hilarious stories that you could, we can, I don't know how long you got. But, <laughs> oh, mate, no, I'm not going anywhere. We're parked yeah, yeah, yeah. there in front of your door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's for dinner, mate? <laughs> there's just like the one, I just remember a couple of times in my career, like I remember this one where we're playing, I think we're playing Brisbane at Etihad Stadium, Etihad Stadium back then. 
had the roof on, and I genuinely went from 45 and hit the roof. Like, it was that high up. Like, and well, Mick was a the coach then, and if you know anything about footy, you don't kick into the corridor. Like, you just don't kick into the corridor. And I just saw something, and I was like, I'm going for it. Oh, no. Hit my shin and just went up. <laughs> and this was like, this was just before half time. Oh, shit. And this was a sub vest. And I remember just coming off and like, just got subbed off. Like, no words. No, like, no words. No one said anything to me. Fuck. This was like before half time. So I was like, normally it was like, you have a whole other quarter and they always do it at the like the last change. But apparently I was that bad that like I had to get off the ground. <laughs> Jesus and I remember Christ. just like sitting there and like we went into the halftime huddle and like I was just standing there. No one still said anything to me. Like I just someone just gave me the vest. Like no one said anything. And I just like put it on. By the way, that's humiliating as well. You don't that's need the, a red vest. No, that's like, just looking so back bad. now, you didn't need that. You can just put a jacket on and sit there. Yeah. We know who got subbed off. Okay? <laughs> that's like, actually so like, true. I never even thought of that. What was the point that of that? That is ridiculous. What was the point of wearing that bib? Like, there was no point of that. The concept in itself was wrong, but the red bib was no need. Yeah, spot on. internal, the, the banter was going. So if you got that vest, everyone would be giving it, it to so you. Off. And you already know you're getting dropped. So you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. fuck that. Anyway, I um came off and I remember just like sitting there. I was sitting on the bench and I just said like, take it in, mate. <laughs> what a legend! This will be the last time you're out here. I was really like, <sighs> "Fuck me, mate! That's oxygen like, on your time, like, mate. Take it in, yeah, take it in. Sure. You know what? Like, I was back in a couple of weeks. So yeah. That's right. Like, you just gotta. It's like life, man. It's equilibrium. Yeah, it is. Never as good, never as bad. Float yeah. in the middle, and yeah. that's like one thing I'm trying to get better at myself. Is like, don't get too high, don't get too low. You know, when good shit happens, pat yourself on the back. Move on. When bad shit happens, get over it. Acknowledge it. What can you do to get better? Move on. Like, as a kid and as an 18, you know, 18 to 25-year-old, I was just a fucking yo-yo, you know? Like, I was killing it or I was fucking down here. Yeah. And now I'm just trying to just, like, float. Yeah. Good on you, man. That's Thank good. You. Really good. Uh, what, can we <laughs> yeah. get yeah. 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 Clip that, Brady. Yeah. Yeah. A 45-minute clip of just wisdom. Yeah. 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 Um, there we go, the float-up. Now, now, just to go into the back end of your career, because obviously we spoke of the jovial aspects with you and Tommy, but mm. were you listening to, like, podcasts and stuff back then? What yeah. was, was that sort of – can you speak about where the sort of spur of the idea came from yep. for you? Yep. So I was, um, I reckon, 2017. I was in 2017, 2018, like Christmas news. I went over to WA and my family's over there. And we had an awesome Christmas, like great memories, great time. Anyway, I was speaking to my cousin and I was talking about how like in our family, we all love like true crime, like true crime. Like, you know, my nan really got me into it. She used to like get these magazines out, like the Herald Sun, and we'd like go through it. Probably not the thing you want to be feeding like, <laughs> oh, yeah. a young love kid. Love that. Ace in yeah, it's having absolute <laughs> fucking nightmares. But um, my cousin was like, oh, you should listen to this podcast. I was like, what the fuck's a podcast? Like, that's so weird. And she's like, oh, it's this podcast called Serial. It's about like, uh, you know, a case over in the US where someone could be wrongfully accused. They don't know. And they're like, you know, one of those true crime, like who did it, who done it sort of um, sort of things. And um, I just listened to it and I was like, that's the best thing I've ever listened to in my life. Like I just couldn't stop listening to it. And then from there I was just like on this addiction to like listening to podcasts and um. That's when I got home and I was like, oh, okay, you know, I've got to start doing something. Um, and I knew this one, I went back, went to Sydney, trying to like work it out, went to do some like experience in radio. And it was really hard to like get in because like we're in Sydney, no one, give, no one cares about footy up there. Like you don't really get in anywhere. And it was quite hard because you had like a weird schedule, times don't much up, like it changed every week. I found it really hard to do. And I ended up going to this place in Triple M in Sydney 
called Triple M, and it was the uh, <laughs> it was uh, the rush hour with MG. So it's like basically like the Billy Brownless equivalent okay. in Victoria um, on the drive home, and I was doing like just a volunteering every Tuesday night. Would go in and just like answer the phones, learn how to put a run sheet together, all these sorts of things. This is why I was playing footy, and. Met this guy there named Tom Birmingham. This is a really long-winded story, by the way. That's great. Met this guy named Tom Birmingham, and he, I was like, oh, God. he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to get into radio. And I was like, oh, but I was thinking about starting a podcast. He goes, I have a podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it was the first other person that I ever knew, like, what it was when I brought it up. And he's like, yeah, man, you just need to go and um, get one of these machines. You can do it. You learn to edit it and da-da-da-da. And I was like, fuck, Okay. And yeah, like the next day, I was like, "Fuck, I got to do it." And not, I'm not saying I do. I went down to my last dollar or anything, but I was on a rookie wage in Sydney, and like, literally had no money. Yeah, and went and bought this thing for like 500 bucks. So like, it was a massive investment to like not follow yeah. through. Yeah, and it was like one of these little recorders, worst sound ever. Like, it would have <laughs> been better just recording on our phones. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's when I was like, "Fuck, got to start it now." So I just did it. Started interviewing the boys, and credit where credit's due. Ryan Miller, great man from the Giants, um, living over in WA now, was a massive sounding board for me. He works at the club, and to be honest, I was spending more time in the media department at the Giants than I ever spent in the gym because I'd literally, as soon as training was finished, I was straight over there like editing the show with him, who's helped me put it together, build stings, and do all these things, and that's how it all started. At this point, did you know you were kind of done? Like, I actually got another year. Oh, so you so started was, well was and the, truly before that. This right. was the so it was a one year deal. So I was like, if I'm done, I can't leave the game again because I'd already had time out of the game, not knowing what was next. Yeah, and I was like, I can't have that ever again. It was the most stressful time ever. So I was like, I need to at least have something like a podcast or radio experience where then if I have to go home to Melbourne, I can be like, I've done something. You know, like I haven't just said I'm ass and done anything. So that was where where it all started. And then I ended up getting the next year. And I was like, well, I can't stop now. So I've got to keep going. I just remember, I remember these images of uh, Dill back then. What year would this have been? What would have been, I reckon, 18? 20, 2017, 2018. Yeah, yeah, around then. And it was just like he would sit in like, it looked like a park bench. Yeah, it was a park bench. just like a recording thing and like two mics and be like Josh Kelly or Toby Green. Yeah. And you'd probably just hear the wind swirling. It was oh, just mate, like, it was fucked. Like, you know, started, start, talk about started at the bottom. Like yeah. definition of right, like no. literally, mate. There's cause people walking their dogs past him in the background. Well, hey, <laughs> he's a he's a business um one for you. And I, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't start this thinking it was going to be a business at all. And I think maybe that's a good thing. I don't know because it was just a passion project and it was fun and and all that sort of stuff. But I get really embarrassed about those last episode, those like early episodes. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to delete them. Like I was going to delete them a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago. I was going to be like, oh, no, I'll. I'll their shit. I was like, I'll get rid of the first 20. And then I heard this person talk and they said something really cool that resonated with me. And they're like, if you started your business and you're not embarrassed by it, you started too late. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. Because you can be one of those people that sit back and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You wait for the right design. You wait for the right things. You wait for everything. You're like, nah, this isn't perfect. This isn't, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start it. Just fucking start. Just start it. You know, like I get messages all the time. Like, how do I start a podcast? literally get a laptop, press record and just start doing it because you're never going to like your early shit. You're never going to like it. And the more you can start, the better it'll get. Yeah. So like you can't get better without not starting. Absolutely. It's fucking weird. I don't know about you. The first time, like my first few podcasts, I was listening back to my voice. I'm like, what the fuck is no, that? Like it's so hard. I was like, is that what I sound like? Yeah. It's like anything though. <clears throat> when we started Rick's, 
I thought the name, what was the name I gave it? It was so embarrassing, man. Oh, I think you've cheeky, was this like got, Rolex or something. Like cheeky wild thing or something. Oh, cheeky. You know, like, oh, yeah. I was always going to call the Sunnies. And I was oh, like, I could already okay. see the marketing to, campaign. And we used to play Uno and we used to call the wild card the cheeky wild thing. And that right. was where it was. And I was like, that's it. You know, I'm only like 20 and I'm like, this is it, CWT. And I'm telling everyone for like probably six months, I'm like, what are you going to call it, Train? I'm like, CWT, like on the side of the sun. He's like, what's that mean? I'm like, cheeky wild thing. And they're like, and, and, they're, and I'm thinking they're buying this. Yeah. Mm. And then obviously, sure enough, we spent a fucking couple of weeks on the uh, marketing and strategies and all whatnot and then come up with Rick's. I look back now, it's the most embarrassing thing. Yeah, I'm but if again, you you've got to be embarrassed. But it's, it's quite funny. Like, you just yeah. got to own it. You just got to own and it. And you know the thing as well, like, just on this is like, even if your business, your early business um, is embarrassing or it fails, it sets you up for the next one. 100%. Like, and if that one is embarrassing, it fails. It sets you up for the next one. Like, and if you keep going, you'll hit a winner. Mm. Like, you're bound, you can't keep not learning from things. So, like, I, I, I just couldn't be more bullish on just, like, doing, less, less talking, more doing, which is a bit weird in a podcast, but you got to be talking as well. But less talking, you know, <laughs> and less yeah, talking, absolutely. more doing. And I just love that when people just go and get started and, I think we're really starting to change as a society. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. Maybe I just don't listen to people anymore that knock other people. But I, I love it. I love when people start shit. I really do because I just I know how hard it is. Yeah. And I know how much they had to probably come out of themselves to do it. Like it's awesome. Like I really – sometimes I have to catch myself out because it's like that competitiveness. Like I think we all have it. You see someone, you go, oh, fuck you. You know, I'm going to beat you. Then you go, you know, actually, you know what? Fucking what a legend. Like yeah. how good is that? Like. Why can't we all be fucking cool? Like, you know, like, well, what's that uh, That saying, you know, the, the sink rises in the water? What's that one? <laughs> the, ship, the ship. The ship. <laughs> like, floating tide rises all ships. Google, Has Braden. That one? Google it, Braden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google Bring it back Braden. there. I think I said sink instead of ship as well. But anyway, it's, um, <laughs> it's a good more one, meaning, we'll get more it meaning like the podcast, like the more podcasts there are, the better, the better it is for everyone. For 100%, yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah. The more like anything there is, it brings more awareness to things and more people are going to listen. It's like I say, you, it's like it, the whole podcasting, I've thought about it a lot, is like going, well, it's like putting an analogy going, just because you watch Channel 7, that's like you saying, I'm only going to watch Channel 7. I'm not going to watch 9 and 10 because I'm committed to Channel 7. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You yeah. watch anything. You watch Netflix, you watch Stan, you watch, like, you can't, you don't just watch one bit of content. Like, there's got to be heaps of content mm. um, that people like. So, yeah. But so the early days, because obviously we know what it is now, but back then you said you didn't really have much strategy or depth and thought around yeah. it. So what was sort of the approach early days? Was it just like, let's just get a guess, let's have some fun, let's see what happens? Was you kind of happy-go-lucky at yeah, the start? Yeah, it was just teammates, just just chatting, teammates, really stupid stuff, like just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like we used to, I used to try and find out all this information on them in the background and stuff like that. And to be honest, I didn't have a plan. Like I just, that's how it was. And it was, yeah, it was just fun, like really fun and no doubt, no doubt there would have been people being like, that is so shit, you know, like, and <laughs> I would have agreed with them. Um, but, yeah, the plan was just to interview teammates, really, and that was all I had, had stuff to. And then when it started to get a bit of traction and not, much, not so much traction, but people were like, what is this? I was like, oh, I can try and do something different and do, you know, like anyone else. But in Sydney, it was such a – I didn't know anyone. Yeah. So that's all I had to do. Yeah. When when did you kind of start feeling like a bit of a shift with it? Like there was actually, oh, there's a bit of wind here that's worth putting a bit more effort mm. and time into, I guess. You know what? A big one would have been one day, I reckon, me and Tommy were at Bake Bar, the, the cafe we were at. And again, we would 
get into each other. And I remember, he, I don't know if you remember this, but he got in him. He goes, what are you fucking doing, man? I was like, oh, you know, I'm just doing the pod. And he's like, well, you're going to fucking take it seriously or not? Like, are you going to start doing it? Because you can do something with it, but you got to start doing it and being committed. He goes, you need to start having a fucking plan. You don't need to do this. And I was like, fuck off, mate. I have a fucking plan. I'm doing all this shit. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I don't have a plan at all. We're going at it. This is like a cafe. Talk about tomato sauce. Got the fucking blueberries down all over my mouth. Yeah, you take him seriously. How domestic in Double Bay, mate? And we're just sitting there and he's just cracking it at me. He goes, you're not taking shit seriously. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know this. And it fucking pissed me off. Like, I'm actually getting angry thinking about it. I was about to knock him out. And it made me so angry. And I was almost like, no, fuck you. Like, this is personal now. You've just like, you got a crack at me. I'll show you what I can do. Yeah. And it was, I remember it to this day. Like, it really annoyed me. Yeah, you're good like that. You're good at fine. Well, he's just flopping around. You were flopping around. I was. I was flopping around. But again, we're like, it's so stressful being out of contract as well. You you, want to play footy. You're like, oh, he's good at it. I still remember it. And I was like, mate, you're fucking, you're in Sydney. You might not know these blokes, but like, you know, Volkanovski, he's up the road. Just go fucking, yeah. just, go, just get him to the club. Because yeah. like now that I'm out of the club and you'd be the same, fuck me, what an opportunity is being around athletes every day that are pretty much doing mm. very little in their spare time besides recovery and their off-field developments, which if it's uni or businesses, it's you got a lot of spare time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the big boys started one, going yeah, hard. We did. We went, we went hard and Tommy helped me a lot. But the one thing, you know, I do respect about Tommy the most is he has – there's incredible goals. Like nothing's unachievable. And that taught me a lot about it because I was capping myself. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't get them. They'll never want to do that. Like they won't want to do it. And I was like, well, fucking ask them. Who cares? If they say no. They say no. Like it's just What's the saying you say? It was like, I think my might have been Fergus told this, but like whatever your goal is, times it by 10. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, just you just think, big, think big, double it, and double it again and double it. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah, but when big. you put it in his words, that's kind of essentially what you what you say sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, you and again, the more you um and like you said, there's a lot there's not many people doing businesses because you got a lot of respect for people that do, but fuck man, like you're gonna be grey haired, old, fucking mm. looking back on life and what are you scared that you didn't ask someone for an opportunity? Yeah. Like, who cares? You know mm. what I mean? And it's the truth of the matter is you get rejected all the time. All the time, man. Like, the geez. amount of people I message and they that scene, it's like, there's oh, yeah. water of a duck's back. I, I honestly don't mind. You don't give it's a not, fuck it's anymore. Not, well, it's just like, it's not for them. That's well, totally it's mutually, fine. It's actually mutually beneficial. If they yeah. say yes and pull out, that annoys you so much. But if I say yes and they don't want to be there, that's also not going to be a great yeah. show, is it? No, correct. In podcast Some land, people just so. don't want to do it and that's totally yeah, fair cool. Enough. Like, yeah. So, so fun. I find people are a little bit more tilted to like being a bit open to doing podcasts though than say, yeah. you're then sitting down with like a Channel 7 or fuck whatever it is. But Ta- tell you what's funny, when you get someone that is a stun mallet on camera, but you know them off air. So like, yeah. for example- Drop like, a name. Oh, no, it's more like they just put their guard up and they just know, exactly themselves. You and you're mean. like, man, like, what are you in your head? You're like, give me you 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, and funny, then they just, they just see the camera and they, uh, uh, I guess some people. That's why I don't really like doing mates mm. on the show. Cause you know, you know what these people are like, like, and one thing that, you know, hopefully what you see of Tommy on this is exactly how he is off the camera and same, hopefully same as me, but a lot of people, maybe don't have that and it, it's a we've done it because we've done it over 200 300 times like you, it's, it's it's actually a skill to be natural whereas as soon as you put a mic in front of someone that doesn't do it all the time you can freeze up a little bit and absolutely that's, it's really hard you got to practice that's why when i say start a podcast practice first do your 10 episodes because it is so hard like i remember sitting in front of people just being like okay and you know, your throat gets <laughs> your throat's getting thick and you're like hey you go you know i just like <laughs> break my every time i was so like 
awkward. Yeah. But like you don't get get better. Um, and that's why I don't like doing friends on the show because you know their story too well. You know what you want to try and get out of them. Whereas if you do someone you don't know, you're just genuinely curious mm. of their story. Um, yeah, there's like six answers in that. But no, that's that beautiful. I know, man. You, yeah. you're almost, it's almost like yeah, you're just listening and it's very interesting if you don't know yeah. where they're going with it, isn't it? You're, yeah. like, you're like, it's like a live podcast if it's a guest that you don't know. Um, but if you know everything about your guest, it almost it becomes a boring one for you, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, you almost have to go down a different route. Well, it's good. You, you kind of like, you don't want to go with what I like three. Knows. I think three is massive. Like, you yeah, know, you're big on that, aren't you? Well, I just three. think, for example, Toby Green, right? Yeah. Me and him one-on-one, I'll get you in. Because I can't go one on one with him unless you, you just you bring a dynamic mm. with three people that are close, you know, and it's it's I easier. Think two hosts can be good, but when I've done two people on the show, like two one host, two guests, it's very hard. Yeah, it's difficult because they don't want to. Um, uh, naturally, they don't want to over speak each other, and they don't want to be like more dominating than the other. So, like, yeah. unless they're very close, it's hard to do because sometimes they'll be like, "Well, I don't want to make it about me because I've got someone else," which is it's quite it's hard mm. to do. So, you almost got to say, "Guys, just go for it." You know, whoever it is, just you know, we can always edit it later. Just whatever you want to do, just just speak it. Correct. We've established this little tap. It's been how good the tap. Yeah, been? It's, it's yeah. him tapping me, but yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. under the table, my knee, and that's when I know you just I just see this like yeah. wobble up. Is oh, it just like shut up? Yeah. No, no, it's like he's got the next question. Like it's coming. <laughs> yeah, nice. Now back to the podcast because yep. honestly, mate, well done. Since Thank that you. Thank you. You are top two in the land. Top one. There's two shows though. Right. So one and two. The was still in friends still. Like what was the one show that you just that just clicked into gear, the numbers go through the roof and you go, fuck, I've arrived. Mm, not so much a numbers thing at all. Cause I've tried to not get too on that numbers. So I not caught up on the numbers. No, more I, just try, I, I know people might think I'm lying with that, but I really try not to get caught up on the numbers. Cause, Cause then it ruins it. A bit. It does ruin it. And you also like, don't, I'm not saying I don't care about the numbers, but I try not to get emotional about them because some episodes are like BT, for example, bang, you know, numbers are through the roof, like just breaking all records. But then I'll do one like a Tom Harkin who might not get the listen straight away, but it's one of those ones where it just gets growing because people go, oh, you need to listen to this, you need to listen to this, you need to listen to this. They come back and they see it and it's one of those really good ones. It's got like incredible messages. So I think with like the one that changed things for me and like has probably – been a, the biggest one for me was when I sat down with um with Zach Dawson, my favorite episode to date. Just in because I'd never had such an amazing, authentic conversation with someone that was just so open and honest and vulnerable, and never like got that out of someone before um, for a whole show. And like having someone, you know, that the biggest compliment someone can give me, or not not so much me, but the show is just like when they go and, and Zach would, would know this the most, so you had an incredible career, but just for some reason, people just fucking didn't like him. Mm. And, and they say, Oh my God, what He's a, a dick. They go, what an incredible person. I love that guy. Like I feel so bad for the, what I used to say or do and what an awesome guy. And I was like, Oh my God, this is cool. Like I'm actually showing people this real side. Um, and he was hesitant, I think, to to really do it because of like those reasons. Like, I don't think he really wanted. Like, he hadn't public. What mean, yeah, what about yeah. his first media thing? He used See, to hate the media. Yeah, it's amazing it. though that like when you think of it, and this is why props to you and also this space is like a bloke like that's played like 10, 12 years in the AFL, gone to grand finals and so forth, 
And then like Dill, who's been doing this for what, probably at the time, two years, mm. gets the most out of him. And like, you know, it almost questions of like, well, the dimensions of media, this place is like, it's pro- it's quite special and unique. Well, it's a podcast platform. That's the best mm. part about it. And your thing that you, humanizing the athlete is a great little term. It truly is, isn't it? Mm. You can see the human side if you're doing a great interview, and that's it is. It's Zarafa was the similar one. A lot of people hated him from pulling out of the zoo fight and all that, and I had the same feedback. And people, the TikTok are saying they're just ruthless, and then mm. you get these messages: "Holy shit, like train that was." Yeah, I love that bloke now. I'm going to mm. go back and buy a bag of lollies because he loves his lollies. <laughs> but he goes, yeah, he's actually a ripper. You yeah, know? I didn't realise he's doing this in the community and he's such a good person. And mm. it's like, yeah, well, that's fucking why we're doing it, isn't it? So, yeah, it's it's funny you say that. That's that's how you feel your best. Is that, how, is that like the fulfilment piece that you love out of it? Um, I think the fulfilment piece is, for me, is like messages you get from people for sure. Like, and you don't – I don't want to do it to get the messages, but like when you do get some messages – it's uh oh I can't even talk about it honestly. It's validation though because yeah. you're in a bit at the time and and not so much now because I think you're really well established. Yeah. But at the time you're probably like in an unknown space. Yeah, you're almost getting validation. Probably not not that I really sh- I don't want to get the validation. I don't I I, I don't because I don't want to rely on it. But I mean more like the messages being like you know I was really struggling. Thought you know I was in this space and now you know this this person I heard you talk to has done this and you just that's go like fuck me like how is this happening and that's when. Probably when you started getting those messages, I was like, I was in my own head being like, oh, I can't be able to keep doing this. I'm not making any money off this. Like, how am I going to keep doing it? How am I going to sustain it? And then I'm like, I'm just going to have a week off. Like, I'm going to have a week off. And then you get a message from someone like that and they're like, I oh, can't wait for next week. Like, I've been, you mm-hmm. know, dying to hear it. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And you go, this isn't about me. It's not about me anymore. Like, I've got it. I have a community of incredible people that I've got to keep doing this for. Um, so, yeah, like, it's... um. It's really special. Like it is, I don't take that for granted. And I get a moment, like I actually nearly cry. Like I feel, I feel it coming talking about it now. Like mm. it is, uh, it's really special to, to have people listen to the show. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about community like and yeah. building it and, and its importance. How, how have you built your community um, and the importance um, of a community to you? The only thing I've ever tried to do is just be myself. And that was like the saying, like, you know, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And maybe like, maybe, you know, maybe people resonated with that and, um, they enjoyed like the humanization of people and having these chats and maybe it wasn't something they'd probably seen a lot of before. Um, but I think for the community piece, which is like, how do you get that with the audience? Like I always love engaging with people. So like, you know, when they mess, I, I honestly do try and get back to most people. Like it, it is so hard now to, to keep on top of all the messages, but I do try and get back to everyone and even the team, like, you know, Dart, our producers, Sam and Dart, like we'll all try and get through um the dms to try and you know talk to people because we appreciate every single person um listening but yeah it's it's a hard one because i actually i actually really don't know how like i look back and go how the fuck have we even done this like i i think <laughs> if, if i could pretend that i know what i'm doing i'd be doing it a million times but i really don't know like it's it's um yeah it's pretty crazy what have you in this space for anyone out there that's probably starting to want to do a podcast or is doing one for you what was some of the most challenging things even to this day but particularly early doors that you didn't really or I guess weren't aware of yeah actually that question with the other question how do you build a community and how hard is it and stuff I'd say the way you build a community is by being in someone's routine and you want to build a relationship with them and put them into your routine and like the one thing I always say to people that want to start shows is obviously just firstly just get started Secondly, weekly, 
same time every week. Yeah. You have to be there. Like you, you just have to rock up. Mondays, you know, morning, you walk up, you rock up, you wake up, Dylan Friends is there. Thursday morning, Dylan Friends is there. Saturday morning, Dylan Friends is there. Wednesday, List Clockers is there. So it's like you have to be in that routine. It's like you watch Home and Away every every night and then some night they don't put it on. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. It's weird. You know, you, you don't watch it. You, yeah. you, it breaks your routine. So I think like you have to be a part of someone's routine. The only days that I miss and it's more just of a thing because it hopefully is easier for people is I don't release on public holidays. I release the day after. That's the only time I change the day. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say that's like the biggest thing for me because I know when I listen to shows and you know you listen to a show, you go, this is so awesome, but they're so like up in the air. I don't know when the hell they're posting or what it is. You, you, it's hard to keep track yeah. of it. Like I know you can subscribe, but you want it so that every morning you can listen on your way to work or you every time Something on Monday to. and Dylan Friends drops, you get on the train and it's there and you, oh, I'm, I'm going to work with you with that guest. That makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now just, yeah, because I wanted to go back to the podcast, the challenges you had yes, early the doors. the challenges. Yeah, what, what for you was like... I guess not. Not even challenges. Just yeah. things you're like, fuck. This is actually a bit more work than what I anticipated, or whatever it was. Yeah, I think like people probably don't understand like how hard, especially like guess, like it's how a lot of work, mate. It's such, a, it's a lot of work. And if I, <laughs> I remember like, after yeah. he, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but after he did his first one, he called me up. He goes, "Fuck, mate, podcast, yeah. fucking lot of work, yeah, mate. Oh, <laughs> Credit to you, blokes. Yeah, <laughs> I pulled out on you the first time as well. Did you? Well, because of COVID, I was like, mate, can we do that in a month? But now yeah. I feel it's like, geez, that yeah. pisses yeah. me off. Yeah, it really does. Mud, it mate. does stuck you around a little bit. But I think working out a good team around you is like the biggest thing. Um, but at the start, you're obviously starting yourself. And I think you have to be a bit of jack of all trades. Like I had to learn how to, I didn't even know how to turn a bloody laptop on. You know, we went and bought laptops together, JB Hi-Fi, trying to knock off price. We, I think we knocked off about 20. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. trying to knock off about 20 bucks. So I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this is embarrassing. I, I know I've got no money, but let's just pay it and get out of here, please. Hey, any, every dollar you save is a dollar you've earned, brother. Exactly. Oh, there we go. So, like, I think it's, yeah, like the podcasting, the hard things were for me. Like, I had no background in editing. I had no background in producing a show and, and all that sort of stuff. So, I think that was that was really hard. Um, I think confidence like just being able to like back yourself in and keep going and even if things aren't really progressing or stagnating you just got to keep going mm. i think that were the really challenging parts but again it's not that's not podcast that's life like yeah it's got to you got to keep going absolutely mate what about day-to-day like i'm i'll just talk from my end right when yeah. i'm only just starting i'm finding it just are we talking present day now yeah yeah in, like yeah. even just in general like yeah, day-to-day like for example we'd get these clips Braden's a superstar, supplies them all. There's so many. I'm at the stage where like I'm uploading everything, obviously scheduling, posting. Can't even be on time every week because some days if a guest does pull out, you're like, Mm. you know, you're like, oh, we'll do Thursday now instead of Wednesday. But I'm just finding that, to be honest, routine for me has just gone out the door. I've just, and and it's, it's almost like I need to stop and just go back to routine and do this the right way because I find like my, we had a laugh about screen time. Holy shit. My yeah. screen time is through the roof. Well, what I would say for that and something that we do and I found like is a lot better is like you want to be – preparation is key to anything. And like so long-winded answer to this, but like when I left footy, the hardest thing that ever happened to me was you go to school to footy and you have no routine left and you got no calendar, you got nothing. So when I left, this became my best friend. Like if I show you my calendar, like it is genuinely – like to the minute, like I'm like literally just documenting my whole yeah 
my whole day. Like everything I do is in there. So I know exactly what I've got to do. Like I have, a, I have a reminders list. It's like bang, bang, bang. This is what you need to do. And with the the episodes, you've got to be, you got to be three weeks ahead. Like that's why I would say like you don't need to do two episodes a week. Do one episode a week, have two in the bank. So if someone pulls out, you're still good to go like for the next week and you're still prepared and you're ready. You don't want to get too far in advance because then they lose relative and you want to be, you know, Correct. authentic. Yep. But I would always be um, in advance. And I think like when I, that's when, when you're not prepared and you're not in order, that's when you start to panic and that's when it you can make decisions that aren't good for the business or good for the show. So to say, you just got to be, you got to be, your, your diary is your best friend. Like if, you know, in that instance, I'd say things change when I started to get a lot more organized and, you know, we've got, th- I've got pretty much three producers for Dylan Friends now that help out um, with all that stuff. Um, we've got a, a video producer as well that edits all the clips and does all that sort of stuff. So it does get to the stage where it can, can help, but early plan in advance, be prepared and be in advance, like with your guests. How? Just go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just on that, how many people are involved behind the scenes? You got, is there four of you outside of you? Uh, yeah, so we've got now, um, we've got one full time staff. So that's Darcy, who just started, Handsome Darcy. He's, he's a great guy. He worked at um, Melbourne Storm. Um, awesome at what he does, like, absolute ripper. Obviously, Sam, mutual friend of ours, been with me for, been with, um, with Dylan Friends for, you know, like, to oh, no, nearly three years or two, two or three years and he's part of list cloggers as well um but he he has his own work on the side that he does too um got adam um uh, baldwin who's a business partner in producey he's unbelievable someone that is just you know you talk about business partners he's just the complete opposite to me like unbelievable you know it's like he's next level in terms of like structure routine he's so calculated with everything he does um the day-to-days and that real business mind is awesome and finding someone that can complement you that you have different skills with is great. And we we mm. sort of question each other a lot on different things and I'm very like conservative whereas he's like, you know, you need to do this a bit more and stuff like that. So, yeah, him, um, my wife works with us a couple bit as well. Um, we have Steph that works part-time as well and um, we've got another Sam that's a producer who works one day a week. That's amazing. Um, and... I really hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Sam, Sam, Darcy, Juz, Adam, Steph. That's it. There you go. Yeah. From the park bench to that. That's pretty amazing. From bake bar to that, mate. Yeah, that's good, that. good on you. Yeah. Yeah. When, just with um, particularly like monetization of podcasts, because yeah. it, it's a it's a space in Australia that a lot of people are kind of watching because there's, there's still money that's definitely coming across. There's probably quite a bit that's on TV and radio and so forth. But for you, what was sort of your strategy around how you were trying to monetize it? Did Was that sort of a specific strategy? Were brands coming to you? Were you going out? What was your sort of view there? I suppose um, a blessing was when I got into it, podcasting was never going to be making money. Like it was just not a thing that was a – so for me it was like I never got into it to make money. And I think that's a really dangerous – thing that we can get into now because it takes so long to grow a community, takes so long to grow a show and get listeners and build that community, as we said earlier, that you, you can't really monetize things straight away. It is really hard to do. Um, you definitely can. So, you know, you've got audience and, and whatnot, you can monetize, but it takes a long time. Mm. Um, it, like Dylan Friends didn't make money for the first two and a half years. Yeah. Like literally the two, first two and a half years. Yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm like 18 months in on mine. Yeah. I don't make a cent. Literally. Like yeah. it doesn't make – it didn't make any money. And it wasn't – I wasn't using it to make money. Like I – it just wasn't even something I was thinking about. I was using it just as a tool to like keep 
things going and just a passion. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I suppose like when the the monetization stuff started happening was more around like ads and working with brands and and probably the first thing I said today was like relationships. Like just started from cool, awesome, incredible businesses that we work with that have been inc- like unbelievable supports um, for me. Like not even not even just like as a sponsorship thing, but more just like great role models to like base off and you know people like um adam um and brendan from budgie smuggler who just unbelievable people you know dan and kent from bloke in a bar he was like one of my first sponsors just, how did that come about actually mate, he it, just hit me up i don't Honestly, think people in melbourne really give him enough credit no, he's unbelievable he's yeah. massive right? massive like yeah. in new south wales and queensland yeah. like I can't. I don't know who we can like liken him to in. in well, he's got a great fields, beard. Um, Looked yeah. into his stuff. He's the man. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, yeah. He's great. So like former NL player, similar to you know, didn't have the career really wanted, but he went into media and got a great story. Like I've actually done an episode with him. If you want to listen to it, it's on Dylan Friends. Not so much that, but you can listen to his story through. It's great. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. It. He's he's very smart. Yeah, very, very smart bloke. Very smart guy. Very smart bloke in the bar. Yeah, and um, he's done great things. And I remember going up with him and. As I um, we, we were saying earlier, you don't know what you know till you know it. And I remember going and seeing him and seeing what he was doing, and I was like, I didn't think this was possible. You know, like he had this incredible studio, was, you know, had an awesome um, beer. You know, his like business model is unbelievable. Like the beer is great. He just does such many good things. And I remember going to see his studio, and I was like, fuck, maybe I can do this. You know, like, you know, if, like I can do it. Like yeah. I can do it. And that was probably the big part of me was like, all right, we can do this. So that was when, you know, I got the little studio and used to have a little studio up on a, up above a deli in Albert Park. It was just like an old bedroom that someone had <laughs> like awesome. leased out. You used to pay a like hundred bucks a week for it. And then, um, <laughs> How good is that? Good spot. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool little spot. And um, my brother-in-law was actually um, in the office next door. Like it was their room <laughs> and they were like funny guys. But I, I think he literally just gave it because I wasn't really happy when they started dating. And right. I think he sort of just did it to me to win me over. Right. And gave me the cheap rent. Is this our mutual friend? This is our mutual <laughs> yeah. friend, Charlie. Yeah, shout out, out Charlie. One of the great, best. great fella. Man. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> very smart, yeah, though, as well, Charlie. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, yeah. Rent, so that, you know, I'd be happy with the, uh, with, um, you know, they've got two kids now, nearly two kids. So I think it's, um, they're going pretty well. But, um, yeah, yeah, I was renting that out and I was just like, went, I think, Again, I want to this, this is depending on what position you're in, but um, to Dylan friends wouldn't have gone anywhere unless I started taking risks. And like when I was that, I was like, all right, even if it was that small risk at that time was such a big one, I was like, I've got to rent now. You know, I'm locked into rent. I have to make this work. Mm. I have to make this work. Otherwise, what the fuck's going to happen? Like I was actually in the, you know, I was mate, losing money now. Um, and I think, it's like the old um, analogy, like make a move and everything else moves around you. That's not an analogy, but if that was one, that was what no, it would be. Like that. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's clip that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. What was it again? Say well, it again. Let's mate, just re-clip this one. Go. Well, uh, I like the, the, that. The make a move and everything else moves around you. That's not bad. Yeah, make a move and everything moves around you. Because I think like when you, when I used to play footy, I'd always go like, always say this and coaches never picked it up. Maybe this is why, you know, things don't happen. But I was like, Make a move, right? Draws the defender and then opens up other opportunities, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, get it in. I was always thinking about it. I'm like, that's the same in this. Like, I've yeah. got to fucking make a move. I've got to make things happen. Got to, you know, get some stress because stress for me is actually a really incredible thing. Like, I find like I'm working at my best when I'm under stress. Mm. Um, 
so anyway, yeah, got the the thing there and had all these, you know, these bills and had to invest in equipment and, you know, that's when I had to start putting money into it. And and as I did that, because I'd committed to it, going back to the universe piece, like because I'd committed to it and I was fully in it and these things happening, then all these other opportunities come back at you. So I think like you make a move, things make a move, like it comes, like it, you just got to trust that it's going to happen. And even the same thing, you know, we upgraded, got a new studio in Richmond and I took on this lease and I was like, oh, in the middle of COVID too, so dumb. Mm. But I was like, got to make it. a move, man. You mm. got to do it. Otherwise, you're gonna stick. You're gonna be in that bedroom. You know how are you gonna keep going? How are you gonna start more shows if you're literally doing it out of like one room that you can't even change? Like you need to get a bigger place. And we did it. And I was like, fuck. See what happens. Absolutely, mate. That's that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Speaking of a big move, was list cloggers because. Mm. That probably rose to like stardom so quickly, built off the back of all the work you've done in Dylan Friends mm. and obviously um, Dan's platform. But what was the thinking around that? Because you've said like one podcast is enough work, yeah. let alone to do two. Yeah. What was the perspective there? Um, I think I just always loved, like Dan and I have known each other for years and he's just such a funny guy, man. So, so creative. And I think I had probably the platform and the systems in, in place to do the show and I always wanted to do something with him but you know I went to Sydney then I came back and he went to Big Brother and we're like as soon as this is done like we're launching in this is good we've got to do it and I'd had this um this name and I heard it once on like Channel 10 or something and they they were like oh in a paper it might have even been in a news article like list cloggers and I was like back to the Eminem thing and I was like <laughs> How embarrassing being called a list clogger, but imagine if I can flip it, like we can flip it Correct. to being something cool. And I always saw like when I was getting into the media, how many blokes were there that won three flags, won three premierships, brown lows. I was like, that's not me. You know, like I haven't done that. But either is 99% of Australia. So <laughs> yeah, like, who the fuck is relating to this content right now? Yeah, like, I don't know who has done this. Like, I don't know anyone who's yeah. there. So well put. So I was like, more people can relate to like pulling out of a contest, you know, getting yeah. dropped, injuring yourself, being embarrassed. Like, and I just didn't think like, anyone was hitting the mark with that. And I was like, we can do it. It'd be cool. Absolutely. Mm. Fuck, man. I love that show. Yeah, it's, uh, they're, it's they're, both, they're both very funny, man. You guys have really good chemistry. That's Actually, good. Yeah, good it's funny because Dan and I, like, we're really good mates, but we we try not to talk too much throughout the week to just, like, save yeah, it you all for saying, the show. you were saying this before. Yeah. It like, must be hard, though, because I, ca I can't see him sitting still in a room not trying to talk. No, but we're, but that's the thing about Dan that people don't really – he's, like, a very quiet guy. Like, he's a <laughs> really? really, really quiet guy. And, like, I probably <laughs> – That makes me even funnier. He's then. so quiet. <laughs> he, like, he's, you know, the funniest thing is I always tell a story about Dan is – no one would have been more surprised at what he's doing now than all the players that he's played footy with because he was he's a very um like you're either in or not at all. So like he would be like you know, me, Blaine Bocourse, Matt Wright at Carlton, which is like this super tight crew. Mm. And besides that, Dan literally didn't speak to any other players. And he mm. says this a lot, it's quite funny. So then when he left and all the ex boys were like, Oh, you're doing the show with Dan, they're like that's weird. Like we didn't even know that he liked that sort of stuff. <laughs> and then he's doing all this shit and they're like, what the fuck? Like, we've known this bloke for like three years and he's never heard him sort of talk. Like, that's the funniest, that's oh, the funniest man, part. He's a fucking celebrity. Some yeah. of the videos that man puts up. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. his ass is out. Turning he's seven. a rig. Yeah. The rig like, there's no, <laughs> yeah, there's no bigger rig than but, the great man, is there? He's nah, a, he's, he is a very, uh, very funny guy. Yeah, really funny guy. And, and in, all, in all seriousness, not that um, I'm talking about this at all, but he used to send these on, you know, Snapchat and whatnot and, 
I'd be like, mate, you got to get these out there. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to post these. And yeah. um, smart. Yeah, was- he's TikTok just on this. I didn't realize his TikTok is enormous, like you know, millions. He, he's, uh, they did a stat the other day, and this was after the Will Smith slap, by the way. So, after the Will Smith um, slap, they did this um, poll on like a TikTok algorithm, whatever it was. He's in the world, the second most following to engagement in the world. Really? So like viewership so is following time. He's got like 5 million or it might even be more now. It might be like 7 million. And then he's got the second best engagement per following Jesus. in the world. So he gets like triple the likes of what he has followers. And number one is Will Smith. Have you seen his work? So he gets Mate, more I, than I, yeah, I have yeah, more the, the split screen yeah. stuff where there's something crazy in his yeah. face is just still stepping. Oh, that's yeah. genius! More like the, it was it was crazy. It was more than Charlie D'Amelio, more than that's Noah mental, Beck, more mate. Like anyone, it was like. And he, how long would he have been on there for? Because those guys you just mentioned would have been on there since its not, inception. Mate, not long. He was not on there for long. That's special, man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, I just um, have actually just a, a interesting question before you maybe want to jump into some segments, Tommy. But this yep. is without downgrading any of your episodes by any means, but yep. just kind of a two part for you personally. What was one guess you had where you actually got a lot out of it? Like you're like, holy fuck, oh, this is giving fuck. me heaps, which is quite hard because you've done a lot. Yeah. And then secondly, maybe just like overall, like the best guest you've had on the show um, in regards to output and just the feeling, the vibe, mm. the spiritual energies, as you'd say. Hmm. Yeah, the spiritual, spiritual energies. Um. I think, like, for me personally, the most I've ever got out of a show and, you know, I've had uh, Emma Murray on twice now. And I think, like, I genuinely forget we're actually in a podcast when she's on. Wow. And I'm just so, like, in what she's saying. I'm so just believing everything she does. I think she's I think she's the best kept secret that's not even a secret in, in Australia. I think she's unbelievable um, what she does. And I think the reason I love her the most is because she doesn't pretend to be anything like she's so authentic and even though she says like oh um you know all, all these incredible things like you know mindfulness and practicing and all this stuff she goes you know what though like i still snooze the alarm like i still don't drink the smoothies i, I still like do everything wrong but it's about getting back and getting back into routine and having good intentions and, and looking after yourself and i think that's like a really key message for me too that i worry about when we're saying earlier like um i might you might see me for this one day of a week and you think that I do all these things and know that I don't, but I am trying to always, I have good intentions. Like I, I have like the best intentions and yeah, that's all. I really loved her. So that's probably the answer to both of them. But awesome. in terms of other shows I've done, I think like talking to um, Richard Harris was another one I loved who was, he was a guy that's, he's an anethodist Australian of the year and he went to Thailand and saved the 14 oh, Thailand right. soccer um, kids in the cave, cave. when it, um, when it flooded, so it was like just unbelievable story. So many I can't think. Yeah, of. yeah you've done a lot. Crazy, like there's some that stand out. Beautiful. Yeah, storytelling at its finest when they're like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't even say anything. You don't I, yeah. say anything. I don't think I even said anything the whole episode. I was just like, you actually, tell for, a story. for you, uh, this sorry to go in, but for you, just touch on that. What's a good podcaster to you? Because you, 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 sometimes I think like, fuck, the less I say, the better. Oh, for sure. You the the less work better from from podcaster like. Don't say as much. Just just let the person talk. Ask the right questions. Be curious. Um, I always said this one: like, listen with your eyes. I think like you can really like mm. coerce people into like talking more when you just like really in it. <laughs> you don't want to be like trying yeah. real weird, but you know you just want to sort of like <laughs> just let them go and just like make them feel comfortable. And yeah, um, 
we'll say that like sometimes a little tick, tick, a little tip I've pip, a little tip I've picked up is when you, if the guest is maybe feeling they don't want to talk too much about themselves or share anything, like it's really good to tell stories because then it makes them feel like they can tell stories. So like I'll always add in my own anecdote and I'm not doing it to talk about myself, but I'm doing it to make them feel like they can tell a story yeah, you too. put yourself in the story. Yeah, so people are always like, I heard that fucking story six times. Like, I know. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm telling the story again. I'm doing it for them to yeah. know that they can keep telling the story. Right. Yeah. It's good. We're going to go to our uh, our great mates uh, at Caps. Who else? So dot com dot au. Dill, I know you love the Yankees, mate. Oh, mate, I love them. And uh, there we go. This year, did we win the Let Us Slow Cup or? The Blood is like this bloke in his sport, man. He's got, oh, very good. Have you, have you come around to- I've been to a Yankees game. But have you come around to American sport Yeah. Because when you come to NFL, let yep. me know. I'll take you to a game. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter. Golf only. It looks like golf. an American like, punter. That I'm going, did I tell you I'm going to the golf? Yeah, except, well, no, I, not on air. Okay. Not on air. Touch so. on golf at the end because yeah, I've got sure. a good segment there for you. We know what you're up to. Yeah. Babe now, Ruth. We, pardon <laughs> <laughs> the pun. He's all over it. And and honestly, huge shout out to Caps. Um, yeah, we the home him. of headwear. We're all wearing one today, and, mm. and they are premium stuff. Look at the great man premium. there. He looks like he'd be on I'm first surprised base. Land on my forehead. Which <laughs> is good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, you look like a yeah. shortstop. Yeah, we got a couple of segments for Caps. This is a new one. This one's called the Caps Clanger. Oh, so we've all had a lot of clangers on the field, oh, right? Absolutely. But this one's about off the field. Has there been a moment oh. where you've had a serious Serious caps clanger, and you just still can't forget it. Um, what do you mean, like podcasting or anything? Except it just can't be involving football. So yes, whether it's a producer, whether a it's this clanger, a life clanger. It could be a Dylan friends, yeah, but most there's days. that. <laughs> <laughs> most days. He's in a bit of form these last five yeah. minutes. Yeah, he's, 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 his hat is brought it off. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell yeah. you what. It I looks know. like some character out of Tony Tunes or something. Home runs all day. Now, Caps Clanger. A few. Yeah, there's been a few. Um, I'd say, like, look, I don't know, this probably every podcast is Clanger, but I've, I reckon I've recorded, not recorded about six pods and, like, done them. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I might have heard one story yeah. about you and Mitch Robinson in a yeah. hotel. It was, like, I've the best that. conversation ever. Best combo ever, man. Like, unbelievable chat. Robbo talking about his career and, you know, we'll probably would have been the Zach Dawson before the Zach Dawson and went to just, you know, turn it off at the end and press record and oh, start a recording. Fuck, that's, yeah, that's good. Uh, Fairness to Robbo, though, he's a good mate. Um, we did it again, but it just wasn't as well. I love as what good. he's doing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. I think I, I chat to Robbo a bit. I still think he is, um, I'm really excited for what he, you know, does when he, when he finishes, whenever that is. I think that, like, the gaming side of things is so untapped. Fuck if man. I was into gaming and, you know, you, you did some gaming stuff that I love that, like, I reckon... I reckon the gaming side of things is is, I speak is to a him great all the time about Twitch. Great spot. It's, fucking, yeah. it's a different yeah. world. If I was a kid now, I'd be doing gaming. Yeah. Just yeah. on the clanger, um, <laughs> what did you say to Robbo when you realised you hadn't pressed record? Oh, I just went white. And what did you uh, say? Yeah, I see you in the he room. Knew. You didn't wait. Yeah, we're in his hotel room. It was when I was playing at the Giants, and um, oh fuck, I'd driven out like you know all the way out to bloody Homebush in the hotel, sitting there, and I just went, oh fucking hell, I'm mad. Fucked up. <laughs> Night before the game as well. Got to about nine o'clock and then we had to do it again. So you did it then and there? Yeah. What a oh, good, man. good on him, mate. Out of water and we just 
Good Did on it you. again. It's a ripper. That's a guy yeah. that makes content. That is. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. It couldn't have happened to probably it, to a better. Because he can get it. Yeah, because he knew. He was like, oh, it's all good. Yeah. There you go. The Caps clanger. Um, and this is the Aces in Business podcast. Yeah. And we haven't really touched on your business. We did at the start, but we wanted to really talk about you and your podcast because you are the king in the industry. But now you've- You said it. Now that you've- um, <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> I love that. Now that you- Doesn't mean I don't agree with him. But <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire, mate. He's warming He's up. He's fucking on. He's Brayden's like, fuck, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, saddle up, Brayden. All right, so producer, you've you've clearly identified that you, you, you're a gun behind the mic, but yeah. there's also, there needs to be more done and um, and you've decided to put all this together. Just give us a bit of an idea of, you know, when exactly it was born and when the idea come about. Well, the idea was born um, probably at that same time when I was going like, fuck, we need to do something here. And I was like, well, Dylan Friends isn't the name of a network. So like we needed to find an umbrella. And I was like, all right, producey, that's a story in itself, trying to work out that name. But, um, you know, I'm big on names. Like I really like everything, you know, any good successful business person will tell you, like, you know, work out your business, do a plan first, then come up with the name and all that mm. sort of stuff. No, I work the name. other way. So I'm like, name. And then I go, Instagram, handle. Yes. <laughs> it's it's the I think that's Got a in my yeah. Got it. Yeah. Then I go, website. Is it there? It's for sale. Bingo. How much Fuck. was it? It was actually expensive. worth it. Was actually, <laughs> it was, it was oh, expensive, wasn't it? It was expensive. He called yeah. me and said, what do you think, mate? And I go, how much is it? And I'm like, oh, mate, honestly, like, it was expensive. Save, you can save that money and just, he goes, no, nah, I need it, man. No, nah, I need it. Because I'm all on, I'm very, in a nice way. .com or .au? .com, bro. Yeah, that's fucking, yeah, that's, come that's, on, that's man. That's big, man. That makes sense. You're thinking big here. That's what I mean. Big picture, Times it by 10, but big. Which is stupid in a way, because I literally have a landing page. I don't even have a website yet. But I more wanted it also for the email as well, like producer.com. And we will get a really good website. Um going eventually but for me it was just really important to have that and I was like I, I think like if you at that stage I was like I want to be taken seriously you got to you know do this and I we did buy that and I don't regret it um I'm really happy that we got it because you know one day if it does go cool like who knows it could be it could be really cool but anyway producer he was born and um what had happened was like Dylan friends was getting to the stage where we're starting to get all these so many people involved and we were paying people, um, you know, working with a lot of freelancers. And I was like, Fuck. you know, when it's all my like tax man, and I think if there's one thing I'd ever say about getting into business, you got to be across the numbers. Like, mm-hmm. just really invest in that because it's so so important. Um, just know what's coming in and out. And he was like, look, you know, you're paying a lot in freelancers. Um, I reckon if you could find a bit more, you could put these people on full time. And I was like, not these people, but you could cut down all those roles and make it one full-time sort of thing. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, if I did that, what the fuck would I do? Like, you know, we only need one day for the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, why don't we pick up some other clients or start more shows and do it like that? So that's actually how it came so it was about. was a tax man kind of. It was a tax man. Was just <laughs> the tax like, man. You know, my the tax man. No, not the tax man, but Ricky, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the account. my accountant, who's been unbelievable, like seriously unbelievable guy and been a really big mentor for me to this day. It's just like, you know, you can do this. You can move it a few things around and um, you can, yeah, you can start getting people and through that part-time, you're paying someone one day for part-time, uh, sorry, freelancer, if you put them on part-time, you get three days 
out of it. So I was like, oh, that's a lot more time. That's a lot more shows. That's a lot more content. And then it just grew. And the more, you know, decisions we made, the extra day we put on, the more we could get. And it just sort of cascaded like that. Mm. Um, and to now, you know, putting on a first full-time employee, which is actually genuinely scary. Like I, it's really crazy. And I still go like, how is that even happening? But you just got to back yourself in. And I'm always, I'm a catastrophizer, like a real catastrophizer. So I've got plan B, C, D, E, F, like if those things, like I've, I'll get it, get out of it because I've, I've got a plan. Um, but yeah, I'm not answering your question at all. Producey, basically that's how it started. And then we go, well, like let's start these shows. There's two things we're passionate about, get them in, produce them, have a good team, um, which was cool. And then the other part of it that we really love doing as well, we're like, well, let's also like brands that we're working with for advertising, we're like, we want to start our own shows. And we're like, well, we can help do that too. So there was like two sides. We produce our own shows and we also produce shows for other people. Uh, our partners. And so they're the two main sort of services? They're the two, yeah, two, yep. two stuff we do, yeah. Absolutely. So how many are under the Producey brand right now? Um, we have, we have uh, so Dylan Friends, List Cloggers, um, Bromley Lynch, 200 plus, and we have one called Goes All Right, which with with um, Kate and uh, McDonald. But that one's actually what, what's been awesome as well is through the connections and relationships that we've met and just good, good, cool people. Um, those shows, uh, that shows actually with Spotify. It's a Spotify original. So they own it, um, you know, in conjunction with us and we sort of produce it and do all the work for it with Caden and then, you know, they we, we do it with Spotify. So it's really awesome. Like to say that you work with Spotify, it's massive, it's a, unbelievable. Like I, I still pinch myself every day. Yeah. Yeah. Just on that with numbers, this is one for me. I looked at my data the other day and we were, I think we're 50 50. Are you, do you heavily lean Spotify with your listeners or Apple? That's good to be like that. Yeah. It's good. We, um, it's funny. It's, I think it's actually a lot on demographic of the show. So like List Clogs is quite younger audience. Um, I reckon that's a lot more skewed to Spotify than iTunes, Apple. Um, but Dylan Friends is actually a lot more Apple, a lot more Apple than um, than Spotify. And there's two things I think maybe it's a little bit more of an older audience, but also the fact that um, when Dylan Friends was made, there was no Spotify. So it was oh, like yeah. I think maybe a lot of those loyal well, listeners have just stayed on that platform. Um, but I, I, it's weird. Like I use Spotify for everything. It's my most used app. Like love it. Yeah, but man. I still listen to podcasts on, on Apple. Do you really? Yeah. The Apple podcast? I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, built in the phone, I'm so used to using it. That's where I listen to Serial, that first podcast I ever listened to. I listened to it on that. Isn't that funny that Dylan Friends somewhat came from uh, a Serial kill, Killers podcast? Yeah, that's, right. that's when you say before. That yeah. is an actual one of them. this bloke up, that's one thing that because I'm not into that shit. And I'd yeah. be like, what are you doing, But man? they fly, mate. They yeah, are they're the, they're the best podcast. They you got can... everyone, every female. You like TV shows as well. I like TV, they, everything. But those shows, um, if you ever want to get in, like the shows that do the most listens in the world are all true crime. Yeah, true crime. Yeah, yeah it's massive. Real life shit. Yeah, mm. it's fucking amazing. Mm. And uh, what is your vision for Producey? My vision has changed so much and um, I'm sure it will change again. But at the moment, honestly, like I just love – creating cool things and I love going to work with like cool driven people um, and I love just I love I love it I just love doing what I'm doing and I think that's if we talk about the vision or like what is success you know success in the past like you want to make millions of dollars and do this and it'd be cool but for me now like the journey is more important uh, important than the destination and it's like sometimes if you don't sit back and just go like I'm actually in it at the moment like this is the fun part um, this is the awesome part now, like the hustle, the grind. Um, and then, you know, taking Thursday off to go play golf. 
I want to do that. I want to enjoy it while I can. Um, so that's the vision, honestly, just having fun and creating cool stuff and getting incredible people in to, to share the vision. Like I really don't have like a, an end game with it. I'm just loving what we're doing and I want to keep adapting and keep innovating and not just do the same stuff. Like I'm, I'm very big on like killing it off before it gets old, you know, move on to the next thing. Um, do you have a view for you to be like a bit more front and center of various types of content other than just podcasts? Or are you more happy to be sort of on the back end now, picking and choosing and plotting sort of plans with maybe other people's faces at yeah, the front of it? Yeah, 100%. I don't want to be on the camera forever. Yeah. Like I, I really don't. I want to, I'm actually trying to cut down as much as possible of stuff. I'm like, I'm already maxed out and like I'm already doing probably too much and just giving, um, I, I find sometimes I don't have enough energy to keep going. And like, if you, if you do too much, your energy just goes down. You're not going to perform at your best. People yeah. don't want to listen and yeah. you're not going to be doing content you like. So, um, for me, I'm trying to refine those parts and like really give my time and energy into things that I love doing. And then besides that, I, I really don't want to be on the camera anymore. I love, I love being behind the camera and helping people produce shows and being a part of it in the background. And I actually just love business. Like it's so much fun. It's like, mm. it's like playing footy. Yeah. It really is. It's like problem solving every day. Just new shit pops up, man. You're just like, fuck me. Like I thought we got over that and then this new thing happens and you're like, mm. you work it out. But it's just, it's it's a part of the game. Um, it's like, how do you get out of it? Like I want to quit all the time. Then you just like <laughs> come back, you have a good day, a bad day, a good day. Like a little fix. Yeah. <laughs> get a kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, oh, mate. It's Beautiful. great. Well, you've, done, you've done an amazing job and um, it is great to see. I know, I know Sammy that's in there with you is a, is a great man. I haven't yeah. met the other guys, but – well done, mate. Because it's uh, it's it's hard work, and being in Richmond as well, it is a serious risk because that is a premium spot to set up. So, um, yep. I mean, <laughs> we always pump up your businesses. Just give everyone else out there that yeah, you may not already know, but you know, if they're looking to start a podcast, I'd imagine you'd be looking for new clients. Um, do they just go on your website? They hit you up. Are you looking? Do you approach them? Like, how does all this? You know, what's the easiest way for people to get in contact with you guys? Yeah, I suppose at the moment, like the network side of things, we need to like for this year, we have a goal of just like continuing and doing what we're doing. We don't want to grow too quickly and take on things and then everything falls down. So I'm not in a massive like, I don't want to rush into just like creating 400 podcasts and just do it. Like I, I really do want to slow down and just make sure the quality is unbelievable and it stays top notch um, on that front. But in terms of like working with other businesses for branded podcasts, that's something that we love doing as well. And we, we have a lot of room for because we work with clients that they've got the ideas and we help them come to life. That's but awesome. for the other stuff, like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to like keep creating shows. I want to make sure that they're different and that they're not like, um, uh, you know, like sabotaging each other and make sure we have like a really bit more um, diversity, like, you know, a lot of our shows are about footy. I want to do shit a bit. I want to do other stuff as well, like do total mm -hmm. different things. Um, but also staying true to our audience, which is that, you know, that demographic, which is that 18 to 30 year old, um, males, like around 80% is, is that, um, mental health. I want to be really true to that. Um, I want it to just be, you know, the vision is to be a hub of content for people that just want to get the best out of themselves and like taking the piss. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's the majority of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's us. Yeah. Well, here we go. Another another um, segment that we've always had and one we always, and we've given you a little bit of lead time on because yeah. it does take you a did? bit of thought. I think we told you just before we started. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, well, we've yeah. had a few people that are like, geez, that's a hard one. So yeah. we better better prep. So the Caps moment, our oh, favourite moment. moment the greatest moment in your professional career so far. Yes, it can be your footy career, mate. 
it can be in your, you know, in your producer short span so far or your, or your podcast um, lifespan. What is your Caps moment, Dylan Buckley? My Caps moment isn't necessarily a moment, but it's more like a realisation that I found something post-footy that I'm even more passionate about than footy. Mm. And I think I thought when I was playing that I was going to be like, fuck, what's next? You know, I'm just going to not enjoy the second half of my life. Um, and I was really scary time. I was like, fuck, you know, maybe I did fuck up and I'm you know, not going to be able to do anything anymore. Or what, what is that next phase? But I think for me it was the biggest moment was like, and the, the thing I'm most proud of is like moving on, doing something completely different and just loving it just as much, if not more. Jesus. So that's what I'm probably most proud of. There it is, the transition, the Caps moment. <laughs> mm. Hey, it's not easy transitioning, that's for sure. I'm still struggling to go through it right now. I reckon it's, Jesus, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, mate, we all do. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's normal, like mate. it's anything. It's, it's it's a people for me. Like on the weekend, man, that was a good little fix for the train. Like I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was just eating it up. Everyone, I'm like, how are you? Mate, you had a double yeah. up, the double I was as hungover as you could be. I played golf at seven and I had not many, not many hours but sleep. That's why I was like, up and about. It is, mm. when you do feed off people's energy and, you know, being in those sporting environments you and you get taken out of that, you need to find something that can bring it back. Correct. And I think for me that was like, you know, I do hang around with people, have conversations, but like, you know, I go to run clubs. You want to be a part of a community. You want to try and find it in other ways. It's never going to be the same, but, yeah, you got to you got to feed off good people. You know, you are who you surround yourself with. You don't want to be a Debbie Downer and like just – you know, it's all doom and gloom. You need to, you need to be up. You, you need to be. You won't get the fix like Dylan Buckley on the uh, back oval, pointing to his calves, telling "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, "What's going on at the back of Dylan's cheek?" Punching his calves. <laughs> <laughs> "Fuck you." <laughs> Comes and he's like, "Done it again." But I always and found that like, like you just oh, you need to get the you need to get the anger out straight away. It's di- it's difficult to move on from things <laughs> too great. soon. Like everyone would normally be like, "Oh, don't talk to that bloke today." And then it's just like it's, I don't know. Maybe us two a bit different. Yeah. But Dill was just like you're almost like, hey, you're all right, and you're trying not to laugh because yeah. it's oh, like right. the way he carries on. You're like, oh no, it is what it is. Fucking yeah, funny. funny but I got oh, some questions yeah. from um from, the faithful listeners. Yeah, from all the Aces listeners yeah. and a lot of your um followers. And thanks for sharing that because a lot of people interested. You know, there's some. There's some unique questions here. So oh, I can imagine what, I'm gonna, um, what they are. You know, why are you such a piss ant from um, yeah. <laughs> Jasper Rowe? I mean, let's we go. don't need to mention it. Just on the let's piss ant, the, the terminology, yeah. can you just help the, the Aces listeners? Ant. I don't what know is a how piss that ant? actually started, to be honest, but a piss ant is just Dan used to call me piss ant, and it sort of fits. I can't really fight that one. Like, it's pretty obvious. I'm a bit scrawny, a bit of a piss ant. Um, but, yeah, it's like because – well, you could probably tell the story of what the, I just have these really weird, just piss anti type things. Like I get really car sick, so like I can't sit in the back seat. So like on a bus, I'd be always car sick. There's a time where oh, Tommy asked, "There's a time, neck. This the, is my favourite story. <laughs> so I can time. be, I can probably, play, I can probably ham it up a little bit on Please. how I'm feeling. But oh, there's okay. a time where I had a real, I did sprain my neck quite badly. That, that, can I tell this one? Please? You can, you can tell. <laughs> he was itching to no, say No, no, because we're just, you, you just, you know, mate, we're on rookie wages. I don't want to get a sixty-five buck. Either. Can you pick me up from the airport at like seven thirty p.m.? And, Sixty, but it was like ten o'clock. Anyway, and, and, anyway, yeah, mate, no worries. You know, as a land, you know, when you land and. <laughs> and he goes, mate, you wouldn't believe it, but I, I can't pick you up. And I said, why can't you pick me up? And he goes, oh, mate, I've done me neck. 
<laughs> okay, what do you mean? He goes, I can't head check. <laughs> <laughs> what do you fucking mean, mate? Just pick me up, you dog. And he goes, legally, legally, are you going to feel safe getting in the car with someone <laughs> if they can't head check? It's not. It it's gets not. better, mate. It gets better. So we get to the club the next morning oh. and I'm filthy, man. I'm like fucking... Just like, not even the fact I had to pay, just the fact he just lied to me about this neck. I so, had the neck. I know, I know, but it gets better. So in he comes. He used to drive this. He's got a nice ute now. What was the car he used oh, to drive? Ford Focus. This Ford Focus. In it comes, it right? It, 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 I drove it as well for six months with like the <laughs> spare so, tire. In it comes, around the corner, right? And in comes this bloke, and he's sitting up there real stiff and straight. And I'm in the Jeep, and I'm just like waiting. And I go, that's deal. I go, let's see how sore the neck is. He gets out the car, and he's got the heat pack on his neck. <laughs> I go, and I'm like, oh, he's putting it on. And he, and he goes, I go, you're fucking kidding, are you? And he goes, like this, mate, I'm telling you, I'm telling you neck. I go, you, anyway, right? So at the footy club, we used to train on the field, and then we'd have three things we'd have gym, like Pilates and physio, mid of massage, and then we had skills, wrestling, tackling, or, or soccer games. Couldn't do wrestling, right? Yeah. I mean, we're doing soccer games, right? So the soccer ball would come. So we do handball games into the net, and then they'd just throw a soccer ball in. The boys love it. And I'm like, oh, so I've just come out of the uh, physio room, right? <laughs> so much money it's on this. <laughs> it's 2.30 p.m. Mate, you'd fucking think it's Ronaldo. He's doing the headers. <laughs> he's running around. The, he's doing the swoop. Okay, here's the neck, man. He goes, oh, fuck off. <laughs> completely rolled me. And he's, to this day, he still says he had a stiff neck. And wouldn't pick me up. So it, the running gag is when someone at the airport it's always it's like you had me at the heat pack that's the net. best thing oh, <laughs> the, the, the full body so that mate. is the biggest piss ant operation yeah. that I've ever oh, seen look, mate. can't head check he reckons oh, <laughs> let's get into the fan questions you've answered well his told. own fan question how does your podcast most profit from a general business turnover sense from Cam Russo uh, ads ads is the way to to do that advertising yep. advertising yep, yep. what advertising. is your what is your morning so you route? Did, should I explain that a bit more? Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So like advertise, yeah, get into so it. So like, yeah, pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll ads, ad reads. Um, CPM is like, it's just like a general CPM for everyone. This is like not telling anything that isn't going to hear. Like you can look this up on the internet, but it's CPM is like $100 per thousand listens normally. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's, so that's high, yeah. $100 per thousand listens. So, um, but you know, if you're going through agencies and stuff, they'll take clips off that and it can work its way down. So and different platforms yeah, for different Yeah, CDs. that's for pre-roll and mid-roll um, ads. So, yeah. And then that would be obviously with a sponsor. So that's how you get your ads. You that's know? how you get your yeah. ads. Yeah. Great question there. Um, the other one was, what is your morning routine, Sam Pennell? Morning routine. Um, I am big on, at the moment, it's been tough in Melbourne because it's so cold. Mm. It's so hard to get oh, up. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm almost about to tap out. Yeah, it's bloody freezing down here. But we... um. My 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 partner and I we love just going for a walk, going to the park, coming to Edinburgh Gardens in the morning, taking the dog for a walk, getting a coffee, and then I normally shoot into work from there. Take the dog in, yeah. Beautiful. What is your golf handicap? We've seen you getting out a bit. Oh mate, I suck. Honestly, can I ask you just about this? No. Because no, we're not getting, no, we're going to get it at the end because oh, I know what's oh, coming. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, twenty two at the moment. But you're building. Everyone starts somewhere. I'm not. I'm not. I, was, I, <laughs> I'm not. I actually got my handicap. I was like 18, and now at 22, I've actually gotten worse. But in saying that, and any golfer will understand this. I'm at that stage at the moment. I'm just recorrecting, going back to the drawing board. Had some lessons. So, you know, I used to play to my 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 slice, and you know, you just play to it. You're not going to get in better. So I've gone back, 
hitting the baby drawers now, you know, getting that the bit of shape, drawers, getting that, that bit of shape. But it's like I'm starting from the start again, so okay. I'm I'm letting it just blow out. I don't really mind. Good question, Spafford. Thank you. Great question. What's the most successful part of your current work? Podcast, selling beer online, or anything else? So I don't sell beer online. That's uh, tzvi.b. Thank you for the question. Sorry, no, is there a Dylan, Dylan I think he's referring to probably bloke in a bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't sell. Uh, I don't have a beer company or anything like that. But I obviously have the, the they're a great partner with us. So yeah, the most successful part of the business, uh, like financially. Yeah, probably advertising again. Advertising. Yeah. yeah. Same yep. question. Uh, this is pretty funny while well, I look for the next one, but uh, are you allowed to wear a singlet in the gym yet from <laughs> James Isles? Oh, very funny, James. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't go to the gym anymore, to be honest. I oh, I, I need to go to the gym, man. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, yeah, what I would get, to get you to go back there? Because I'm struggling well, I've just bought a, I've just bought a membership, 10-pack membership. Oh, so that's uh, a Have you walked in the doors yet? <laughs> but I, we'll I think, there. what do they say? You know, you get in and get ready for, summer's a bit, winter's the best time to work yeah. out. Make so moves and the world will move yeah, around you. Exactly. You said. Yeah, exactly. Well, I need to move into Re the gym as well. Yeah, no, I, I don't wear the singlets. I always wear t-shirts. What is your biggest motivator to keep creating the content that you do? Honestly, the community. By far the community. Yeah, it's one yeah. word, like just people, like they just give me so much uh, inspiration. We, I feel like we've literally grown up together. So it's like doing these episodes, we're almost doing it as a team and then I just get to talk to them and then we all go from it and then they'll suggest, oh, you should do this, you should do that. And that's the inspiration, yeah. Oh, this one's a good one. What's the best advice you've been given? Oh, great question. Who was that by? Give them a plug. Tani Whittillo. I can't really say <laughs> oh, that. Sorry, Tani. Yeah. He's butchered that. But shout out, Tani. Oh, it's so hard. I've been given so many, so many incredible nuggets. Um, so many incredible nuggets. But I actually had a really good chat with um, a mate of mine, Nick Butler, yesterday, who who said something to me, and he said, "The best people can take advice from anyone." And I think it's such a good bit of advice to give, <laughs> and also to and and receive. To receive, because it's just great. Like you, no matter how big you get, no matter how big you are, like you can always learn something of someone else. That's no matter where they are. And yeah, I just I love it. Like I think it doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Like feedback's one of those things. Like you can, you don't have to agree with it, but you can always learn something um, from anyone, from someone else. So I think, yeah, it's something that I needed. Just stay on top of like craving feedback. I love it. I really struggle with it in footy, but now I love it. And I mm. think it's like a skill being able to receive it. So, yeah, that was some good advice. Beautiful. And the same person's asked some other great questions, but who's someone that you now still wish to have on your podcast? Mm. Put it out to the universe, Dill, because the universe will give it back to you, brother. They will, brother. The universe will. Um, really weird. I always say there's two people, and I don't think anyone even knows who they are, but one's Louis Thoreau. Yes. So no, people jiggle, know jiggle. him now because of the TikTok. Yeah, the jiggle, you know, jiggle one. But he was someone, again, that I just really love watching, like, documentaries, and that's how I actually literally got into podcasting because I just love well, – Is he famous so for his curious. narration or is it – No, no, he's got, like, out unbelievable, like, docuseries about just the yeah. weirdest things. Like, he'll go speak to, like, Scientology or, okay. you know, anything like that. Like, he'll – just cool as – cool as guy. Um and another one's Ross Kemp. So speaking of like crime and yes. doco, like he goes around the world, does like Ross Kemp's Extreme World, like goes to all the craziest gangs around the world, craziest countries and just 
does all this cool shit, and I, I just love that have you, stuff. Have you seen him, that Ross Kemp guy? Mate, they, he got some of the hardest people go at him. He just yeah. doesn't back down. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And he's like, he's the media guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's golden. He's cool. So they're, they're two people that I would love to love to get on. But where are they based? They're in the UK, which oh, I'm cool. actually going there in a couple of weeks. So it'd be cool to see if we could get them, which we won't, but it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah, exactly. You, you never know. Just on the UK. So that is, um, that's exciting. So it do you is. want to touch on why you're going to the UK? Yeah, well, we're going to the UK. We um, obviously just, like, I haven't been overseas for ages and we've got this opportunity and um, you know what I'm like? When I've got an idea in my head, I can't let it go. And I, I met an awesome guy, Ali, who we're doing some work with um, from Future Golf and he said he was going and I was like, I want to go too. So then we just sort of worked it out. And what turned into it started as a bit of a joke. I can't believe we've actually pulled it off. Um, we've got media accreditation to the British Open, which I don't know how they let us in, but um, we're going. That's brilliant. So, so is that going to be what more on your golfing platform? You're going to promote it or like oh, just, just everything? Just, yeah, everything. just vlogging, just like going. Vlog. And also, I really want to go to London. So I'd never been. And I was like, let's just Mate, go there for it. a bit. Um, I love it. I love London. Like, I love everything. Like, I love British music. I'm massively into like all that stuff. So I've never been. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we'll stay there. Then, you know, get the train up or down to Scotland, stay there, fly out of, fly out of there. It should be really cool. Yeah, yeah so, let's, yeah. let's get, there's a, there's a little uh, drama in the uh, van. This is the, I reckon we need to talk about this because the great man here is about to start a golf brand. Oh no. And Dom Tyson has a golf brand. Oh no. And I'm in the middle, right? And I'm the oh. bloke that goes, I want his all to succeed, but yeah. I don't know what he's doing. So the cat's out the bag. Yeah. What is happening at More Greens Golf? Because I'm excited, but I don't really know. I haven't asked you yet. Yeah. By the way, love And I've that got an name. idea. Thank you. I've got an yeah, idea, right? Name. And if it just the first thing I'm going to say, right? If it's competitive, fantastic. I want you yeah. to both win. So I've got an idea. What it would no, be is. Mate, as I said earlier about that quote that didn't make sense no, no. of the rising float. <laughs> Tide, yeah, some yeah. Ships. The sinking ships. Let's get the sinking water. ships keeps flying. So, well, I had this idea. Yeah. Now, before you go on about it, but if it is competitive, it's, it's not really. All a rising, uh, tide, a rising lifts all tide lifts all boats. Is that what there you're we go. For? So, a rising tide. So, tide's rising. All boats. Right the, Brayden, thank me. you, thank you, Brayden. So, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was the worst us. quote I've Why ever seen. No, it's good though, but because yeah. it, if it is competitive, great as we just said. But if it's if it's collaborative, is there space to work together or mate? For sure. I'm not. I'm not competing with anyone. I, it's it's I love uh, what what Dummy's done. Listen to his episode; he's done incredible stuff. To, to be honest, More Greens is is a community like Dylan Friends, and I want it to be. And and the real reason More Greens started, and the reason I really love golf, is because I never played golf growing up. Just never got into it. Like I would probably um, without you know speaking saying things that aren't well known about golf. It's quite an elitist sport. So it's very hard. It's very expensive to get into into um, golf. Like you'd see a lot of people from probably traditionally a wealthier um, communities playing golf. And for me, that just wasn't a thing. I never got into it. No one really played it. None of my friends played it. You know, it just wasn't a thing. And I think for me getting into it, I wasn't someone that was like traditionally getting into golf. I just love it, but I'm shit, but I just love it. And I love being out in nature and I love what it does for me. I like, I would switch off my phone and competitive, but I want to get, bloody bashed on the footy field anymore. So it's fun. So that's where it started. And then like with the name more greens, like more greens, hitting more greens. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, more greens. Then I was like, well, I love more green just in my life. Like I love being around more nature and it's like good for me and all those sort of things too. So that's where the name came from. But the idea with it, like it, as it, again, started with the name. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> handle. <laughs> website. Tick, website. Day, tick. Tick. And from there I was like, well, the things that I'd love to do is more like events, 
you know, like I'd love to have like a big golf day of just like all people who have never played before and then we come and we play golf together, stuff like that, and have a bit of a community. And and one thing like I love, um, and Tommy would know this as well, is like I'm really into um, accessories. Like I love, like when I'm in something, and the thing I love about golf the most is dressing up. Like mm. I love, you know, the golf kit and getting it all done and looking cool and having all the, all the gear no idea is me to a T. Like when I go into something, I'm so into it. Like I just love having all those little like bits and pieces like, <laughs> If you if you saw me rock up to a golf course, you'd think I'm a pro, right? and, I, and I absolutely <laughs> suck. All the gear, like, no I idea, suck. right? <laughs> um, so for me, it was like, well, how can I do this? But for for a community like me that isn't comfortable wearing traditional golf stuff, I want to wear like cooler, more relaxed golf stuff that you can then wear to like the pub as well, and um, and stuff like that. So that's how, where it all started. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm. Um, so. <clears throat> That's why my idea was, yes. and I think this is great because yeah. I love this shit and I'm already organizing this golf day for the Aces, hopefully find the location. But if this is why I said, is it competitive? Because yeah. it's never competitive, but it is. We'd have more greens as one team yeah, and we'd have clutch as another oh, team. I love this already. And, oh. I, and I think what we do is- we, we just- <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's- yeah, no, I've done yeah. one This is where it gets today. really yeah. good. This is where, because we're all mates. This is where you recruit. Yeah. And everyone gets to recruit and then you get well, them. Tommy did a fucking hole in one the other day, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I, can't, even we, we, gr- I can't even yeah, hit a green right. yet. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a handicapped. He's um, actually, I'm not going to spray Tommy, you, you're handicapped 16. You're a good golfer. He hit a hole in one off 16. But he hit a hole in one and a 16 handicap is still good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. It's not like he's, you know, off scratch. But yeah. he's a very consistent golfer. But, mate, he's hole in one. We're going to do a series on this. We're chasing the footage. It's a par three, 204 meters, the first hole. So it's the first hit of the day. It was yeah, one of the most incredible. bizarre experiences. And you rocked up late and just oh, turned ro- up. Yeah, it rocked up. So you didn't so see it. I saw the whole thing. Oh. It just bounced and went in. I don't want to ruin the story too much because yeah. we're going to document it if we find the footage. Yeah. But, man, it was – I've never seen one before. Have you? No, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen anyone even no. hit a ball. So, hopefully on this, so if you <laughs> – so what I think is – this is what I'd love yeah. to see is because I'd be in the middle and, you know, you'd do the draft to probably go last. But I think it'd be – I don't know what – if, if you're doing clothing line or whatever, but clearly Clutch is already established. Yeah. You've got stuff coming. I think – we organize a day where it's, and it could it. be this thing we do every year where you bring your crew or we all bring our crew and we recruit on the day. You get your kit. Oh, my allegiance the, goes to where I'm drafted. There. No, <laughs> yeah, no doubt it. about it. And at the end yeah. of the day, we see uh, who wins and it could be something you do. So oh yeah. I wanted to bring that up. No, it, mate, I'm, I'm all about that. I think That's it's beautiful. Definitely. It's too different. Definitely. And it is. Let's be honest. Dommy's, That's a good idea. Dommy's from the, uh, you I mean, know, he's a, a content he's, day. Eileen, definitely your side. I'm from you know the northwest, and he's from the posh area. Oh, even you, though, you, yeah. mate, you sit next to Dommy every day. Oh you, no, don't get me wrong. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for fucking Dommy. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> oh, so you hate just, Dom? Yeah. Is that what you're saying, mate? I love how you just twisted, you twisted on me. <laughs> he took it home. There we go. I'm the clutching yeah. king, baby. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm seeing the Mr. Clutch's first hole in one. I'm clutching no. all the way. I'm also, I'm a lover of everyone. Listen, we can't start doing that shit. You can't be. Talking. Talking. Oh, I, love it. I love it. I love you it. You can't be Fuck talking about out. Dom when he's not here. <laughs> Dom, you can't be talking Dom about Dom. knows I love clutch more than anyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying to you, you work out where you're positioned in the market and yeah. let's fucking go head to head in an event. Oh, we love Dommy. We love um, him. That's He's exciting. Man. Well, I'll leave you with the last segment, Jake. Mate, yeah, look. <laughs> now, this is. He's seeing red oh, over here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the Anaheim. I still around Anaheim is, you might not know. But anyway, <laughs> a, a very big question. I doubt this. the answer to this is going to be Anaheim, funnily enough. But Rick's Eyewear, ladies and gentlemen, we absolutely love Rixies. Yeah. I uh, can find them at rickseyewear.com.au. Good retina protection. They, yeah, great retina. It's a unisex brand, obviously, male and female. You can get your luxury somewhere. 
uh, there, folks. They've been on the likes of OBJ and uh, Natalie Radikowski. Keep going, the beautiful want. girl. And they're soon going to be on the great man, Dylan Buckley. Now, mm. still when when all is said and done, producer's gone to the moon and Dylan friends and you're sitting back one day and thinking, I've got the I've got the millions millions of dollars from Spotify and I can live up and or have Apple, a great or, life. Or Apple, or Apple. Or Apple, yeah. Actually, Apple numbers. Yeah, yeah. should, should, Jeez, should be right. I'm not joking. I fancy. They actually see Premium. Yeah, we're upgraded. Here you go. Looks are ugly ass. <laughs> <laughs> the truth, the truth, the truth comes out. Like, actually, really look, ugly. When, when you are getting later Whoa. in life, and we hope, we well, hope leave that's them off. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what a plug! Yeah. What a plug! <laughs> but when you do, when you get, when you get your stash, and you're happy with how producers running, you, you can put take them a back seat. Oh, sorry. And you retire later in life. Where are you going to put on a pair of Rixies and throw the feet up? What's your, what's your favorite destination? Oh, is Rix in retirement. So many. Rix in retirement. Long way away. I'm, I'm hoping. Well, it will be. A lot of time to think about. Um, it, for me, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. Um, I, I really do think I love Sydney. Loved living in Sydney. I think for me, oh, God, how much money do I have? Let's say, let's say, well, look, going off. Is that, it just like, can I just buy whatever I want? Yeah, sort you've, of thing? you've made 200 yeah. million plus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. That's okay. Spotify. I mean, who yeah, there's only one location. There's only one location. One like, well, where do I want to live? Where do you want to retire? Retire, yeah. You get to pick it. I mean, there's retire. a little bit of far fetched nature to this, but like, if you want to be simple and real, like we've yeah. had on this podcast. Well, I, I, I honestly love Australia. I, don't, I would never not live here. Yeah. I, I love this, you know, this country, and I think we're, our coastline, COVID's taught us how beautiful it is. Is that right? <laughs> He's looking at me. Sorry. Really good. <laughs> Sorry. He's too ugly. Yeah. Um, so I think for he's me. Right. He's the son he's still, hey, He does his in team meetings. Yeah. He's like, oh, that, that he's still buying yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it, it's Sydney. I'm just trying to work out if it's like. Uh, Potts Point. No, nah, it's not there. I think for me, it's like Clavalley, North Bondi. Bronte, but then again, I think at the, when I'm older, I'd probably want to go more North Sydney. So maybe like Clareville, Newport, Northern yeah. Beaches. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Northern Beach, like Clareville. There you go. Up, up there. There it Ditching is. Ditching Fitzroy. Yeah. Ditching the, ditch the hood. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah, retirement. That's it. All right. Thank you very much. Well, well mate, it's been a belter. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you to, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Busiest man in fucking Australia, mind yeah. you. I'm surprised we well, got you, him You here. said an hour. I've been here for two as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I said double well, it. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Easy. No, uh, mate, great to meet you. Thank great. you for coming on. I'll take these off because I'm getting a headache. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for everybody that's listening. Appreciate it. Like, subscribe. Give us a comment. Fuck, I'm going on. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.